This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. It has Jordan. Allen shakes three, gets two! Gilmore. to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast at thepodiumgame.com. And I'm Jason Mann. With me, as always, is Rich Krejci. Rich, glad to be back with you to uh, not just discuss the past, but also the present and the future. Yeah, they're making us. They're making us do a season preview. Yeah. So you know what? We gotta we gotta talk about the current NBA. Shush, shucks. No, it's fine. It's yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a tough episode for us. It's probably been our hardest one to research because there's. It's just so. It's try to bring you know a little bit of analysis about this upcoming season, which we're gonna do, but then try to you know bring that back to some historic teams and historic players or whatever. It's been a challenge, but I feel like we did it. I feel like we we're almost there. We almost got it. And, and I hope it's going to be a good one, but I, I do think it'll be awesome, but it's a little bit different than our normal shows, but that's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a welcome challenge for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, um, yeah, this actually was our idea. My idea, actually. So no, I know. I'm, I'm acting like our overlords were like make a preview right, show. Right, exactly. Sure. Yes. Well, I don't want it, I don't want anybody to be too like uh, you know <laughs> to, to take us too seriously because that's that would be a bad idea. But uh, but yeah, you know, I think we've got some interesting things to talk about. Obviously, we care about basketball today, not just basketball in the past. So we, uh, yeah, I like talking about it as well. But um, you know, connecting the everything into a lovely quilt, you know, is uh, exactly right. is the challenge. And we're also bummed out because. Because uh, there's some breaking news uh, that apparently Steve Nash is going to be ruled out for the season and, and, and no. probably is never going to play again. So that's, um, you know, we we're going to talk a little bit about him in this show uh, later on. But, um, you know, it's just uh, that's a bummer. I mean, just such, such, yes. such a great player, had such a great career um, to be celebrating last, you know, two or three years he's basically been a punchline um mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know a guy a lot of people a lot of lakers fans what just wanted to get rid of and get off the books and retire and you know i can understand that point of view from just you know being selfish you know for your team and wanting what's best for your team but um you know i just like he just really really badly wanted to be out there and play and just i guess probably at this point just wanted to have a chance to you know kind of say goodbye in his own terms and mm-hmm. really isn't going to be you know highly unlikely is going to be able to do that so 
Yeah, it's definitely a bummer. We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, and it actually fits in. We we have uh, we're going to talk about retirements and and how guys go out. You know, some guys go out on top, and others go out. You know, kind of with a whimper, and then others go out like you know a Steve Nash type. Where I mean, there's a few. I mean, he's not alone in that. Where guys, you know, they 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 probably I don't want to say hang on too long because it's it's not like Nash. It's not like there was any point where I thought Nash should have retired, but it's almost just like you see the like slow progression and slow breakdown of of health and these few you know these past stars that are just slowly but slowly and just kind of going away. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, it's definitely a bummer. I mean, he's just a a great player and a great guy too. So it's 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 going to be fun now. I mean, we we don't know if this will be his last year or it, you know if he's going to retire or try to make it a comeback. But it'll be fun to sort of look at at Nash in a historical concept uh, context because he's a he's a very unique player and and one that I don't know is. is fully appreciated until he's kind of gone in a lot of ways because he's still i mean when you talk about his mvps uh in the mid 2000 a lot of people the, the first thing that comes up is ah well you know he probably shouldn't have won those or you know uh Shaq had a better year though the, you know there's there's always things that kind of come up about him but the guy was a really goddamn good player like you know what i mean like it'll be very fun when he's all done to really put it into context of how good he was and and sort of what he contributed especially to that franchise that was you know you can honestly say minutes games you know whatever you want to say away from from you know making the nba finals and and, and possibly winning the nba finals as well so it's very interesting how and we've talked about him on a, a previous show as well of how he could look you know how, how teams could look differently and how guys could look differently if they had just made it to an nba finals or had you know won an nba finals and he's one that's a great example of that so yeah absolutely and um of course you know uh just really help make the league fun again you know, just the, the, mm-hmm. those those Suns teams just really were, you know, revolutionary in um, in just, you know, the, the style of play and just the second seven seconds or left, just making it more fun and enjoyable and really like taking a league that had kind of become stuck and stodgy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and hard to watch and, and made it a lot more fun again. Yeah, and, and those – I'll never forget. I mean, that that era uh, of watching basketball is the, the one that I'm most – even even though, you know, even growing up in Chicago in the 90s or whatever, and it, I didn't fully appreciate it. It was just kind of, yay, cool, the Bulls won. You know, I, I, I'm watching the games, but I don't know what's going on. But I'm, I'm in high school and, you know, early college years or whatever is when the Suns are in their prime and that, that sort of Suns team that we're talking about. And I would have to stay up every night to watch them, and I'd always sort of – I they, their games would start at, you know, maybe 10 o'clock for me, 10.30, somewhere around that range. And I could not go to bed. You know, the way that they played, it was just like, I can't fall asleep. Like, you couldn't fall asleep. So I would I would lay in bed and watch those games, and I would watch them until the end. And I would always be tired every Thursday or every every Friday uh, going to class. I was always just exhausted because I had stayed up till you know, 1 a.m. or whatever right. because I couldn't fall asleep watching them. They just, like, you, you couldn't miss a play with them because just something fun was going to happen. And it was just the pace of it and just the, the energy, which was so funny because in that era, you'd watch the Easter conference games and they'd be very slow and prodding or whatever. So those were the ones that would kind of be like dozing off for. And then it'd be, you know, King Suns or Suns Mavericks. I mean, that, the Mavericks were manic at that time. So you said a Mavericks Suns game. And that was like, I'm not, fall- how could I possibly fall asleep during this? I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're going to score 120. Like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So no, it's, it, it was a time where I never I don't know if I ever enjoyed watching basketball as much as I did during sort of Nash's prime with that team, with that Suns team. They might not have been my favorite team ever, but just watching that, it, it was just, it, it was remarkable. Entertainment wise, you, you can't be. Yeah. And I kind of had a some, because that was right around the time that was the first year that I really got back into the NBA and really became like a, you know, super serious fan. You know, I kind of grew up with mm-hmm. it as a kid, but it wasn't like something that 
um, you know, I was just very casual, you know, in and out, you know, throughout the, you know, from when I really started watching in the late 80s until, you know, until about then, you know, so, um, and yeah, they were definitely, you know, one of the big attractions. I mean, just because of, you know, uh, how fun and exciting they were. And Seven Seconds or Less was a great book, you know, book, uh, yeah. yeah. And one of the first books I read about the NBA. So um, I think that was definitely influential in, um, in, you know, me becoming a bigger, more deeper fan, which is always cool. So, um, but I, you know, the, there are a lot of, lot of stories, of course, in the off season, I, I think the, clearly the number one story was, uh, LeBron James returning to the Cavaliers, um, to play with uh, Kyrie Irving and, uh, then, Kevin Love also being traded there as well to kind of form a new big three, um, which, of course, has, uh, you know, a lot of comparisons to, you know, LeBron's previous big three in Miami. Um, of course, you know, healing a lot of rifts from, uh, you mm-hmm. know, from leaving the way he left Cleveland. Um, and now playing with mostly a young unproven team. I mean, there, there's a lot of veteran role players there, you know, Sean Marion, Mike Miller, um, guys like that, maybe Ray Allen. Jones. Gonna, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I don't see James Jones <laughs> doing a whole lot. They always mention him. And then like, yeah, I, I, I always laugh when they're like oh, off season acquisitions. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know they, they acquired him, <laughs> right. but it's like, you don't really have to mention. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, okay. he'll play. Like, it's not... I always see him and I'm always like, why is James Jones still getting mentioned? And like, yeah. I mean, he'll play those 200 minutes, but right. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there are some parallels to this, I guess. Um, one that I think of, and, and it was much more, happened kind of much more slowly, but Rick Barry returning to the Warriors in the 72-73 season, um, you know, after he, he you know, he, he we talked about, of course, in our Rick Barry episode, you know, he started he, for his first two years of the Warrior, then he defected the ABA, rankled a lot of feathers um, by doing that, not just, of course, locally, but also um, – you know, uh, just, you know, uh, uh, throughout basketball and throughout, you know, sports of uh, just kind of seeing as this, you know, greedy guy um, who you know, didn't stay loyal or whatever. Then he came eventually came back. And then over a couple of years, the the Warriors kind of built a team that, you know, is is a little bit, you know, it was a pretty veteran team that first year. And then sort of slowly they acquired a bunch of young guys to go along with, um, Rick Barry. I mean, um, you know, Clifford Ray, uh, Phil Smith and Jamal Wilkes, you know, they were rookies on that, um, on the championship team. Uh, and then the year where they won 59 games, the 75, 76 season, which I think is kind of the one that's the most similar to me as far as just kind of the distribution of guys, um, you know, Gus Williams as well. Later on, they had, um, Robert Parrish. So they have like this core of like young players with this like veteran guy who's, you know, kind of, you know, the veteran superstar knows how to win. You know, I, I think there's just kind of some interesting parallels, um, between those, but I don't know overall, like, what do you think of the Cavs? I mean, they, they seem like they're the favorites in the East. I know you're a big bulls fan. I don't know how you feel the bulls compare to them, you know, going into this season. 
I, I just thought the funniest thing was when you mentioned Robert Parrish there. It's just it's so funny that you can that, that, that there's a guy where, you know, people do the, you know, the, the, the Kevin Bacon game or something like that. You don't have to do anything with Robert Parrish to link like Rick Barry and Michael Jordan or like Rick Barry and like Kendall Gill or whatever. Like all you need is Robert Parrish. Like that's that's all you need is one guy who played for 25 years or whatever the hell he played. I just love that. It's like it's so here's a guy that, you know, in the mid nineties was winning title. I mean, he was just kind of there for the ride, but he was, the, you know, he's winning titles. I guess he played a, a decent amount there, but it, it's just funny that you got a guy that you're talking about. Well, it will in Rick Barry's era that, you know, that he was one of the young upstarts in the Rick and like, he's still, it's just unbelievable. How Robert Parrish, I love Robert Parrish, but okay. You can just see he did always there. He's just the guy you can always rely on for, for mid seventies to the late, the, you know, the mid nineties. But uh, yeah, no, as far as the, the, the Cavs, I mean, I, I feel like with LeBron James, they're still the favorite because at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you have the best player in the league, you're still kind of, it's hard to pick another team as the favorite. I think there's going to be an issue with with the coalescing and stuff. And, and we had it the first year in Miami as well, where it was kind of an uncertainty. And we've already seen that, um, article today that came out about Kevin Love who he's not quite sure where he should be standing and what he should be doing and and Kyrie Irving's talking about playing off the ball a little bit more and then LeBron saying no you're going to play with the ball and I'm going to play off the ball you know what I mean so you're going to have some issues there with the guys not really sure where they should go and and we saw that with Miami that first year was was they want to do like you know a 50-50 split and, and ball handling dudes between Wade and LeBron and that sort of stuff and it just didn't work that way and then eventually you know Wade had to take a little bit of backseat to LeBron then they had their success you know Bosh had to start kind of becoming a three-point specialist in that way so you have that weird stuff that's gonna that's gonna happen with this team as well but it's hard to pick another team I think the Bulls are gonna be the definite um, Eastern Conference Finals matchup with them I think that's to, to me that seems like the easy guess I mean of course it is dependent on on Derrick Rose being healthy and being at least somewhat of what he used to be, but they have a, they have a deep team, a, a deeper team than they've had in, in, in quite some time. Yeah. You know, in the post boozer era. So that, that certainly helps. Um, I, yeah, it, it's so hard though to pick like, cause the problem with the bulls and, and, and I, I get into this argument with my, my fellow bulls fans. They go, okay, well, you know, we play better defense and this, this, and this. And I said, well, at the end of the day, once they put LeBron on, on Derrick Rose, it's kind of over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what happened in 2010, 2011, which I thought was the Bulls' best chance to beat the Heat is, you know, the Bulls win game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. And then Eric Spolscher goes, aha, LeBron, guard Derrick Rose, and then done. And then Derrick can't get around. There's no other guys that can handle the ball or, or create their own offense, and it's over. And that's, you know, it hasn't really changed with this Bulls team either. So that's why I can't really say that they're the favorite over the, the, the Cavs. So to me, it's still the Cavs, but. I, I certainly see the the, the Bulls as, as a contender, though. Yeah, I um, the thing about the Bulls is, one, I think that they also have new pieces that are going to have to coalesce. So that'll take some time. Yeah, I, yeah. I know they have they obviously have same coach they have. Well, I mean, Rose has been out essentially two seasons. Yeah, and, and the rotations have that, been. That's an adjustment. No, sorry, sorry. The rotations this preseason with the Bulls as well. People are, you, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here saying that the Cavs are going to have troubles. The Bulls, they have no idea what they're going to, I mean, who's playing what, who's starting, who, who's the rotation, who's the 10-man. You know, they have Jimmy Butler, who's who's going through some injuries now. So, yeah, let's not just assume, I, I'm glad you brought up that point, that the, the Bulls are, okay, we're, we know what exactly what we're doing and we're ready to go. I mean, they, they're going to take a little bit of time, too. They don't have any idea what they have in Marotic. They still don't know what they have in, in, in Doug McDermott. So, it's not like they're a ready-made team. 
you know, they're and and as you mentioned, the Rose, yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, they haven't played with him in two years. You know, how is he gonna, you know, fit there? Because when he was there last year, it, it it wasn't fitting right, really. Yeah. Until and then he left, and they kind of had an idea of what to to do now. But yeah, it'll be very interesting. But I think the Cavs and the Bulls are are in the East. Do you, do you have another team in the East that you think? Um, I think I you know honestly, I kind of think the Raptors and the Wizards are mm-hmm. you know the Wizards are an inch very interesting one. Yeah, yeah and the Raptors too. I mean, you know, both those mm-hmm. teams had high forty wins last year. I think the I think both got a little better. Um, I mean, Washington changed a little bit more because they lost to Reza, who was a pretty key contributor. They gained Pierce. That's obviously just a different dynamic. Um, so, you know, they've had they've already been hit by some injuries. But, I, I you know, they added they added Humphreys and um, um, from uh, from Dallas, the uh, um, Blair. They, oh, Duan Blair, yeah, Duan yeah, Blair. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are you know, got nice third and fourth bigs to have, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they have some depth there. I, I, I like them. Um, I, I think I would say the bulls are closer to those teams. I think than the Cavs, unless Rose is like very close to his old right. self, you know, um, if Rose is just merely an all-star, I don't think the, the bulls are that close to the Cavs. I still think the bulls are dangerous. Cause you know, just, you know, they, they've, they've been dangerous even when they've just had not much talent um, just because they play hard and they have good play, you know, and they have Thibodeau and everything, but um, I'm not trying to underestimate them, but I do think, I just think the Cavs have so much talent. I agree that there's like that challenge of chemistry and putting together, but mm-hmm. it just seems like those pieces fit on offense so well. Uh, okay, I, I yeah. know, I, you know, I know there's adjustments for roles and, um, and Kyrie and love don't have playoff experience. And, you know, that I, I take that, those, that stuff seriously, but just, you know, uh, they're just going to be such a great offense. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it might be one of those situations like, you know, where they start nine and eight or whatever. And everyone goes, Oh my God, you know what? And then like, then they reel off like, you know, Oh, we got it now 15 straight or, you know, something like that. Cause I think once that offense gets going and everybody understands the role and they, and they obviously have a smart head coach, we don't know exactly what he's going to be, but, everybody kind of is under the assumption that he, he's going to be smart enough to get them in the right spots. And it might take a little while, but yeah, that offense, once it goes is like a dream offense with, with, with those three and, and even guys like a, you know, a Dion waiters, if he can sort of fit into the role that, that he should fit and not the role that he, he thinks he should fit, then, then they're really going to get going. And, and, and there's some depth issues, but I, I'm not worried. I think they're going to, I think they're going to cruise pretty well. I, I think the Bulls will 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 be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think it's going to be the Cavs all the way. I, I just don't I, see any situation. Yeah, I'm, I, I I think the Bulls could, but I I do think like I, I think there's other teams to take seriously as far as yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. conference finals contenders. I mean, even the Hornets and and the Hawks to a degree. Um, yeah, I, I do think the East like that. You know, there there's this cluster of teams there that like are all like pretty good and pretty interesting. And, and yeah, I was and, and could be you know high forty, maybe even low fifty wins if if you know the they get the right breaks. So I, I was actually talking with somebody else about this the other day. Is the East Conference this year? And 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 usually I'll have conversations with some people and they'll you know who are, who are the worst teams in the league and and it was very hard. I mean, the East is. You have your Milwaukee, obviously, is a team that's standing out yeah, bad, and, and, and Philadelphia. I mean, that that's I, you don't even mention them. Yes, of course. I mean, their their, their longest tenured player is Michael Carter Williams, so that'll sure. just about tell you as much as you need to know about the Sixers. But uh, 
other than them, there's not, I mean, you have obviously a Boston team who's rebuilding, but they're not awful. You have a team like Indiana who, I mean, they're, they might be sleeper awful just because of what they've, you know, what, what happened to them in this off season with, with George and Stevenson, obviously going elsewhere and Hibbert kind of becoming a shell of his, himself and, and David West and Scola getting older by the day and the minute. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're, I mean, they could be sleeper bad, but other than them, really, I mean, you look at like a New York is, is not good, but not bad it's, it's a very weird i don't remember an eastern conference in my i mean orlando obviously is another kind of bad one but they're talented i mean so it's it's i, I don't remember an eastern conference where it was this i don't want to say this like close or whatever but where there's not just like six or seven bad i mean the eastern conference has been known in recent years to just have this glut of terrible but with the bobcats and you know now the hornets or whatever being a, a decent team the hawks and, and the Raptors, it's gonna be an interesting yeah. year in the east yeah yeah, the Raptors yeah, coming, mean, so, you know, so, coming back to life. I mean, there's a lot of really good contenders. Yeah. There. Detroit is is talented, but you know, you know, still has some issues. But they're interesting at least. Every team's got something there. You, you know what I mean? Other than the Phillies and 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 even with Milwaukee, who I don't think is gonna be any good, but they're they're still fun and interesting. I mean, it's an interesting Eastern Conference for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I I mean, I I think there are. You know, we don't know exactly what the Cavs are going to be. Yeah, I mean, we have some ideas, obviously, but it is open for like, you know, if the Cavs stumble, there's an opening for some other teams, you know, to to kind of be in there and, and to at least test them in the playoffs. If nothing else, I mean, we'll see. Um, like I said, that, that team has so much talent. Do you think, I don't know, like, are they... You know, obviously the defensive side of the ball is going to be the challenge for them just because they, mm-hmm. you know, don't seem to quite have the person. I mean, they have Vergeau. I mean, I, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of take it back to LeBron. It'll be sort of be interesting because, you know, he's because of Durant, you know, being injured, probably going to be out till, you know, early January or so. He's now the favorite again for MVP, even if he isn't, you know, as stout statistically as he has been in the past. I mean, he's still right. going to be you know, up there in, in, in those categories because of how great he is. But if he really does shift his role a little bit, defers to Kyrie and even to love to a certain extent, maybe focuses even a little bit more on the defensive end, which he, I, I know there was kind of some slippage last year mm-hmm. because he had to bear a lot of, a lot of burden, you know, with Wade being out for, you know, a third of the season, you know, just because he was held out of the back-to-backs and everything. Um, you know, it, it will be interesting to see, um, you know, because that'll be five MVPs in eight years, I think, for him. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> good um, player, LeBron. Good. Right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> breaking. I mean, those are the guys like Griffin. You know, maybe if he really breaks out, um, and the and the Clippers win sixty plus games, um, you know, if Westbrook somehow went insane, I think that's pretty. Un- I mean, Westbrook going insane is not unlikely, but him winning the MVP, I think, is <laughs> right, un- yeah. unlikely. But um, you know, like, I, I don't know if he has a chance of like. I think because he, his role in the offense is going to be a little bit less, probably a chance for him to like set like a record in a season for PER for win shares 40. Mm-hmm. He's come close in the past. Like I think two seasons ago. And I think in 09 in Cleveland, he came very close to that. It's probably the usage is going to be down a bit. So that may not happen, but um, he's just so efficient. I mean, that's, that's the crazy part about him is that the guy, he just, he's, he's slowly, as he's getting older, is just understanding, okay, this shot I can make, this shot I can make, I will, you know, just take, you know, when you look at his, his shot charts and there were some articles, I, I, unfortunately, I don't remember off the top of my head who wrote them last year, but um, doing kind of heat maps of his, his shots. And it's so funny to see how he's sort of, he's gone to the most efficient area. I mean, the spots where he hits is now where he primarily shoots. And so you, you still can't stop him, but he's just the guy now that, that makes the most out of every shot he takes. So yeah, you can see something where, you know, the usage might go down, but the efficiency stays, 
you know, as amazing as it does or even goes up a little bit, how you can see him, you know, maybe, you know, you know, getting in the conversation for these because, yeah, he's not far from it. So, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's just a few points behind as far as all time PER. Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan is twenty seven point nine one and he's twenty seven point seven nine. So you could see with the right season, he could pass by Jordan. Now, obviously, yeah. Jordan is knocked down by the end of his career. LeBron's yet to have the end of his career. So. <laughs> Jordan's going to come back to, to make sure he can get that back. <laughs> right, exactly. He's going to see it as a slight and then start working out. And... Yeah. yeah, Jordan. You, you laughed. Jordan but, uh... 55, you know, yeah. <laughs> you laughed. Right. But, you know. No, but yeah, he. Uh, I, I, I looked at some of the numbers earlier. And yeah, if he has a season similar to last year, he will top Jordan. Okay. But um, yeah, so basically anything above 28 uh, PR he will pass Jordan. So that'll be interesting, but it's all, it's all relative. Cause you know, it's not like he's going to retire next year, you know, with him, he might have those years where he slips. So it's hard to right now, you know, cause it's, it, it it's by average. So yeah. you can't say, you know, right now, okay. Oh, you yeah, know, he's not, he's passed Jordan. He's got it. He's I mean, being, it's, it's not, that not way, being yeah. dragged down by, you know, his declining years, even if sure, which, will, I mean, which will probably still be really good, but we'll, you know, nevertheless drag him down. He's not going to have this, that level PER for entire rest of his career. If he does, he's a freak and must right. be. Must I mean, be he already is, but yeah. yeah, but you know, if he's forty and, and putting up, you know, twenty-five PRs, he needs to be destroyed. And, and... I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, he and, and you know, it's, it's interesting to kind of look at like the all-time where he's looking listed all-time because right now he has twenty-three thousand one hundred and seventy points, thirty-second uh, all-time to. Kareem, who has 38,387, and he basically he needs a little bit more than 15,000 more. Uh, you know, if he's if he you know if he gets he's been around 2,000 for the last few seasons. I I think if he gets around 1,800 for the next eight seasons, he would be right there. Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean is definitely doable. I mean, I, he'll have more than that for the next three or four seasons probably and yeah. then it'll slowly go down but you know that that's not necessarily going anywhere so uh you know i mean that's definitely in play i mean you know he's all he's not even 30 yet i mean he'll be 30 in december so um yeah 10 years might be tough to kind of project but i think you can get eight you know yeah i, I mean you, i think it, until he's 38 he's gonna be able to yeah score. i mean yeah. it's it's difficult i mean you know obviously you know a serious injury or i mean he he's been he has a lot of miles on him already so you know it, it's hard although we're gonna talk about it a little bit later but there's been you know there's just there's a historic glut of guys who have just had these amazing long crazy careers who are all nearing retirement age and, and mm -hmm. you know and most of them started as young as as lebron did so yeah. um either there's there's precedent now for guys to you know stick around that long but it's still obviously unusual so um but yeah i mean i think that's definitely in play you know over the next time i mean he's he, he's 32nd all time in in points scored right now which is you know pretty good yeah, that's for for a guy who's thirty. That's uh, that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 funny looking at these records and stuff, and just you know, I, and we're not one of those. And I'm not calling. I, there's, you know, there, we're not obviously one of those shows that's going to do it. But there are some people, you know, and most of them are just trying to get attention. You know, the Skip Bayless is the world that stuff that that will sort of find ways to to discredit LeBron and this this and this. I mean, stuff. Most of it has gone away now since he's won titles, but there's still some people that are, ah, you know, he's overrated and that sort of stuff. The guy is just a unbelievable. I mean, like I, I tell this to my friends because I have a bunch of friends that don't watch the NBA. Oh, they don't play defense anymore. I, I try to tell them that no, actually, the defense is more, you know, <laughs> more you know stout than it's ever been, and and guys are more intricate than ever. But you know, I have people, ah, you know, I don't like LeBron and all that, and I always tell them, you know what? You're gonna feel like a real idiot in like 15 years when you when when this guy retires and 
and he is without a doubt a top five player of all time and could potentially contend to be one of the best players of all time. And you're going to feel like a real dummy that you didn't watch him because you don't like the way he acts on the court. Or, you know what I mean? Like sure. there's just so many people I see and it's just the most frustrating thing that, you know, I'll watch a game at a bar and everyone's like, ah, LeBron. It's just like, ugh, what are you doing? It might be, it might be amplified because it's Chicago right. and, and well, they see it as a threat to, to, yeah. to Michael or whatever. But I always tell my friends, I mean, like you, you're going to feel so dumb in 15 years when you come back and you go, wow, that I didn't really live through as much of it. I feel honored that I can watch this guy play, you know, on a daily basis. Cause it's just, it, he's a freak. He's just so good. Absolutely. It, two things. One. Um, yeah. If he has slightly over 2000 points this season, he'll be in the top 20 all time points. <laughs> um, and, and secondly, he, um, yeah, I, I, I get the, it, this will change now that he's back in Cleveland, but be, being in Ohio and going to places and watching playoffs. Oh, right. Stuff, so I was going to say you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get that so much. And I'm just like, you, you know, I, I understand how Cleveland fans felt, you know, about him leaving. I think that it's, you know, that 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 reaction to was disproportionate to the oh, that wasn't you weren't out there you weren't out there of, burning your jerseys level or? of offense that he caused I thought but, I saw you on one of the news but, broadcasts but I, it wasn't you right, no I, I don't I don't think it was me um <laughs> okay but, right, I well, mean but. you know I maybe I was drunk I don't know but um anyway but but the, the point being yeah that, that'll be different now but but there is that whole like just everyone rooting against and I get rooting against him I guess but but as far as just like like, oh, he's going to choke in the clutch again. I'm just like, really? Do you watch basketball? Like, this was, <laughs> this was after, like, he'd won, like, at least right, at yeah. least the first title. You know, I, I think I'm, particularly last year against the, the Spurs, you know, the, the series they won, it was just like, you know, like, do you not, you still doubt this guy after, you know, not that he's perfect, but but no one's perfect, you know, not even Jordan, you know, so, um uh, which I know is is a horrible thing for yeah yeah why yeah. are you yeah you can't say that in Chicago you can't no say. I bet not yeah I bet that is I, I, I had one person I had one person tell me uh, I was watching you know the finals game at a bar or something and 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 I always needlessly get in arguments with people about LeBron at bars it's sure. it's one of my favorite things to do so yeah. so we had a guy and, he, and and you know LeBron you know he thought he got fouled so we complained about it and this guy goes you know real superstars don't complain I mean I never once saw Michael Jordan complain <laughs> about a foul and I was like I have I just watched the game like two days ago on NBA TV just a random ass game and he complained almost every time down the court that's like a every nba player has done that they all every superstar always complains when they don't get a call that they think it's just that's the nature of the game it happens in high school it's just like so to hear this guy i've never seen michael jordan ever complain i mean he 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 conducted himself like a true superstar he never threw his teammates under the bus that's another thing too he said oh he was a great teammate he never he never badmouthed any teammates and i was just like okay I was like, stay right here. I'm gonna. I have a, a copy of the Jordan rules at, at my house. I will. I hope, I hope I will point you to passages. You know. <laughs> yeah. Here's the one where he punches out Stacey King. Yeah. Here's the one where he, he <laughs> needlessly argues with everybody. And here's the one where he forces them to gamble on team planes because you know, yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. It's just it, it, and and that's a. I, I I chalk it up to a Chicago thing, but yeah. I it, that's my biggest thing though is just like appreciate what this guy is you, you know especially now we're getting he's back in cleveland so we can let go of the you know i think this year it'd be nice and i think the pr has been has been good too and i think he's done a good job of sort of rebuilding himself but i feel like this is a time for people to just really sit down and really appreciate what you're seeing here because you are seeing an all-time great like an all all all-time great you know in his and we're seeing that right now with a lot of players and we'll talk about them a little bit later i mean this is an era that's going to be looked upon you know, so, I mean, in in twenty years, I mean, just unbelievable talents. Yeah. You know, up and down the league, and a bunch of guys that are going to retire this year. But we'll talk about other, you know, 
things are going to, you know, records are going to break. I mean, there's a lot that are going down or, or could possibly go down soon. So yeah. it's just unbelievable. But yeah, just just appreciate LeBron. I don't have to tell most of the listeners to this show, I, I think, do that. But hopefully if we get some other people, it's just the guy's good. Just just love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Now, um, one thing that I, uh, I you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a fascinating experiment or just really sad is Bosch and Wade and company without LeBron in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, there's the kind of the obvious comparison of the Bulls in 93 and 94 uh, without Jordan. They managed to construct a, um, you know, a 55 win team that, you know, um, took the Knicks to seven games in the semifinals. I, I don't sense that the heat will quite be that good. I mean, I think they will be, you know, like a around 45 win team kind of it. Yeah, they're they're not going to be bad. I, I've seen a lot of people talk about them being. I mean, they they're still got if, a lot of talent. If they, they just, now if they they're not very deep. So if they, you no, know, that could, if, yeah. Like if they suffer, you know, a couple big injuries then then they're going to be bad. But um and Wade's of course a question because of mm-hmm. um you know, wondering how many games he can play effectively. Um, you know, just because obviously what he, he can play very effectively still, but whether he can do that every, you know, every game or, you know, more than 60 games is, you know, a reasonable question, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and and the, the interesting thing is, and I'm very focused on on this year of what Chris Bosh is going to be. I mean, what what sort of because here's a guy that, that if you look at his stats when LeBron was out, he, he, he played well and he scored a lot and he got it. You know, it was like the Bosh of old, but people are so used to him being kind of the third fiddle on that team is it's going to be interesting because now immediately he he steps up to I don't even think second fiddle. I think he's. He's the main guy on that team with with, with Wade's yeah, issues. He's, I mean, he's, it, yeah, I mean, he's the man. I mean, that's presumably. so it's, it's yeah, it, it's funny to see that. So I'm very interested in so, see how he reacts because it's been a few years since he's had to sort of take that load of being, you know, the star and being the primary scorer and being the high usage guy. So it'll be very interesting to see. But yeah, I think the depth issues are going to be the one thing that's going to really plague them is because they just they, they can't afford any injury. I mean, if if Bosch gets hurt, it's over. And, and Wade, you can kind of assume will be yeah but anything bigger than you know he's probably going to take you know the third of the season off or whatever like that but anything that really happens where you know he has to miss you know substantial time could really doom them so so they're a team that could be on the outside looking in but they're a team that could also yeah i, I would probably you know kind of gun to my head i would probably put them at about 44 wins somewhere in that uh, range yeah. I, I i think they're still in the playoff picture but yeah i i think they're yeah i mean we didn't really mention them along with that kind of that second division mm-hmm. guys I but i but them, i yeah. think they're you know that they're, they're kind of in, on the low end of that territory i think i think they're sort of a tier ahead of say the nets and the knicks and maybe even detroit you know and then kind of the rest of the you know everyone else i kind of consider a non-playoff you know, mm-hmm. contender there so um that's sort of where i would put every everyone there so um so, you know, there's other stars, of course, in the league who are, you know, de- dealing with challenges, um, you know, k- kind of new phases in their careers, let's say. Um, there's Carmelo Anthony, who decided to return to the Knicks. He, you know, considered other free agent offers, including joining up with the Bulls, which, would, of course, would have really been an interesting, you know, make them an interesting team um, and and maybe even stronger than they are now, even though they, they were kind of able to add some different depth without adding him. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but, um, you know, I don't think anyone even internally expects the Knicks to be anything other than a borderline playoff team this year. And that's probably being generous, you know, I mean, I think that it's it's conceivable if everything goes right, but their their defense is going to be so bad. They traded away yeah. some talent. I mean, they're they're going to kind of punt on this year, and that's you know there aren't that many comparisons of a guy who 
I mean, I, I still consider him a superstar. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't, yeah. he's obviously not like on the level of LeBron and all that, but he's, a, he's on that next tier. I think, I mean, I think he's still, he's a guy you can build around and a guy who I think in the right situation could be the best player on a title team. I mean, I, I think he is that good despite, you know, his limitations, but, um, but you know, I don't know what, where do you kind of see what, what, what past similarities do you see with him? Yeah, there, there were a few that I sort of looked up, and, and, and some don't really work as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting to have a superstar that, that you know, sort of on a, on a rebuilding team in a lot of ways. Because a lot of times they don't want to do that. I mean, they either the team is pressured to always kind of compete no matter what with the guy, or the guy, you know, when he senses that stuff's going to happen, he says, you know, I need to go elsewhere, you know. That, that, that routinely happens, you know, with stars. Uh, the Kobe and the post-Shaq era uh, Lakers was one that I brought up Um you know, this is, you know, after after Shaq had went to Miami, they had sort of struggled a little bit and, and it, it was kind of Kobe on his own in, in a lot of ways. And that's, it, you know, they had the breakdown of, you know, Phil and Kobe were at each other's throat. It was just there was a lot of issues there. And if you look at those teams, I mean, that's Kobe. Th- those are his high, high, high usage teams. I think he he actually I don't know if he did. I think he set the record for highest usage percentage in one of those years. I think it was 607. He might it, was, it might be him. Or was, Iverson, I think yeah. Iverson actually has it, but it's close. Yeah, he might be second or third or on that list because right. Iverson <laughs> dominates the top of that list. But uh, yeah, that's one that I remember of just like a, a guy that's an obvious superstar and a guy that's on a team that, that just was not, it, it didn't really, I mean, they might've had a chance at the playoffs and that sort of stuff. And I think the Knicks are in a similar way where, you know, if everything goes right, they can make the playoffs, but not a team where you have a superstar contender, you, you know, where you, where you say, Hey, we have the superstar. So that means we're enough to be a contender because there just wasn't depth. They just weren't very good. Um, there, there's a lot of other ones that are kind of tough. I mean, I had Dwayne Wade in the, in the post Shaq era again, you know, Shaq leaves Miami and it's sort of Wade, you know, wallowing him, you know, by himself with, you know, Michael Beasley and, and, you know, those sort of teams, you know, Sean Marion came over for one of those years and, and they had a, just a bunch of guys in and out, you know, Karan Butler, I think was one of the years as well, where, where it was like Wade who, who was ascending into, you know, superstardom on his own, but really the team wasn't very good. And obviously, you know, we saw what happened with that. Um, any others that you can remember? I mean, those were the two that I can kind of remember in, in, in recent memory. I don't know if there is any sort of past ones because it, it, it's very rare that, that a superstar is on a team that's just kind of like, you know, borderline. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I mean, there's not really, um, you know, a necessarily a strong like I, I, you know, thinking of like a like a star kind of like this isn't necessarily comparable. And I think he was more toward the end of his career. But like Walt Frazier going to Cleveland, where mm-hmm. like he's kind of going from like now, you know, Carmel is obviously in the city he wants to be in and and Frazier wasn't. But it, it, it's sort of like one of those like it, it almost feels like one of those times where like the um, like almost like the team trades for the guy like a little bit too late in his career and tries to build around him and it doesn't work out. Um, I think, you know, Carmelo's 31 or so, I think. Um, so he's getting up there, but he should probably, you know, his his game should probably age fairly well where that won't like. You know, because because after this mm-hmm. season, they'll have some cap room. They'll have a chance to like build a fairly good team around him. It's going to be hard to build a championship team just because that's hard to do. But okay, he's he's going to be. This is thirty as well. I guess he's the same age as LeBron. So okay. Um. Uh. So uh, he's a yeah. He's uh. Oh, he's thirty now. His birthday's May 29th, which is uh near mine. My mine's May twenty fifth. Okay. Well, there, so there you go. go. So you guys, gonna, you guys get a birthday cake together. Yeah, so. we'll we'll have to make that work, Carmelo. I, <laughs> we'll I'll, call him. Yeah, yeah we'll... I'll I'll celebrate my birthday with you. You seem like a nice fella. Um. 
yeah, you know, there, there's not really one that necessarily uh, stands out to me, at least, you know, in recent memory. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are instances of it. Obviously, there's guys who've had to go it alone. But yeah, at, at this stage in his career, I think that's it's kind of the unique part where, um, <laughs> you know, and he had the choice to go somewhere else and go to a, in theory, better situation. And anyway, I mean, you know, he took the money. I mean, there are probably other reasons besides the money. I mean, he, maybe he believes in uh, Phil Jackson, what he's doing. He's comfortable <laughs> in New York. You know, I mean, that's, you know, all that's certainly conceivable. I mean, and the money helps too, I'm sure. Money, I was going to say, yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the truck full of money that went to him was. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, and others, of course, you know, there's, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and Westbrook, kind of the situation they're in, um, you know, with uh, you, you kind of brought this up you, because we were kind of thinking of like, OK, what's an example of a guy like a player like Durant or on Durant's level who's, you know, kind of missed the beginning of a season and, uh, you know, you know, just have like an effect on that season. And there weren't really that many um you know, one that you brought up that I thought was interesting was Shaq in 1996. Um, Cause he missed like the first like 20 games of that season. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not mistaken, that was of course his last year in Orlando. And that was kind of like, you know, because 95, they went to the finals and they beat the Bulls in the playoffs. And it looked like they were kind of the, the team of the future. And then the next year, I mean, they were still 60 and 22. So it didn't, uh, you know, it, it didn't necessarily like destroy them or anything. But um, yeah, Shaq played 54 games that year. So um, uh, he was like fifth on the team in minutes. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so, so, but then they end up, you know, you know, falling apart and breaking apart. And uh, the Thunder have already been around together longer than that Magic team. But that, Matt, you know, the, there are kind of like, they just feel like there's some similarities there as far as like, you know, kind of built around, you know, these two young guys who started, you know, basically together. And in 96, Penny Hardaway was only 24. Shaq was only 23, you know, and, yes. and that, you know, Westbrook and Durant, I think, are each just a couple years older than that. So, um, you know, the, this young team that, you know, just has a hard time kind of building around them. They did it for Grant um, and, you know, Nick Anderson, who's pretty good in a Scott, you know, some OK players. But um, you could kind of have that same difficulty that Oklahoma City has seemed to have in sort of pulling the trigger on upgrades to the roster, you know, for whatever reason that has been. Um uh, you know, another one that v- was kind of comparable, even though I don't think he's a, quite a superstar on the same level, is uh, Chris Weber um, in, uh, in in Sacramento. I think it was the beginning of the o o two season. Um, you know, where he missed some time. Of course, they made the, yeah. they made the conference finals as well. But um, it, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think everyone th- th- there's kind of an an assumption that you know obviously it's going to be interesting to kind of see what Westbrook does for that you know whatever that 2025 game stretch that Durant missed whether he'll just you know break usage records and just try to take it all himself if they'll kind of start to try to design more interesting things a more interesting varied offense that could carry over to when Durant comes back because you know the the, the thing with them is that you know, they always have a pretty good offense because they have Durant and Westbrook, but then they're so predictable in what they do that they're easy to stop or easier to stop anyway in the playoffs, which is, you know, right. Uh, of course, they've had injuries, too, and they've had um, I mean, they've had things happen to them. But, you know, they're, they're kind of getting to a point where um, like they haven't won a title yet. 
and they're still young and they still could, but you know, how much is Kevin Durant going to take before he mm-hmm. decides, you know, I mean, we not, obviously none of us know that, but you know, and there's, you know, kind of the feeling of that, you know, LeBron must've had, you know, in, in the Oh nine Oh 10 season, you know, his last couple of years when, you know, they came awfully close, they had high 50, low 60 win teams were, you know, awesome. And then ran into better prepared teams in the playoffs, you know, and that had, you know, uh, a better second or third star or what have you. And, you know, and, and, and they fell out and then LeBron went to greener pastures. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying the same will happen with Durant cause who knows, but you know, it's certainly, you know, there, the, the similarities I think are, are pretty evident. You, you sort of get that, that, that weirdness, that awkwardness of a guy, you know, you, you, you see a star and you see that, you know, he's not, he's not getting to where he wants to get. And it's, it's an idea of, okay, is he just going to continue to, to work at it and work at it and work at it? Or, you know, does he do or, or see what, you know, there's precedent there of guys, you know, we, we've seen it plenty of times of guys that, you know, they, they try, they try, they try, they go, they, you know, and just, it never gets there. And it's like, okay, you know, can I do it with this team? Can I do it with this roster in this organization? And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's weird to kind of have that conversation and it kind of sucks in some ways. Cause I mean, you'd like those guys to just stay with that one team their entire lives and, you know, win with that team, but it doesn't always work out that way. So no, you definitely get a, a weirdness and, and we're getting to that point with Durant and, and, and more people are asking him questions about that. And his, his answers are kind of changing a little bit about it. Cause you know, I think he wants to keep it open in case you never know. I mean, you really just never do. So it, it'll be, it'll be very interesting, but yeah, the, the, the Durant injury is, is it, it's hard to find a precedent of, of, and it's even harder to find a precedent of, of any team winning a, a, a you know a, a title after something like that happens. But there's so few times of a superstar losing that much time, so it, it, it it's hard in one way where yeah. it's hard to literally research you know a team that had won the NBA Finals, you know even though their superstar had gotten hurt because it's so rare that superstars get hurt. You know we 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 forget that that they either miss whole years or or, or they just don't flat out don't get hurt. I mean you look through the history of of the, the, you know, the NBA's greatest players. And a lot of them don't have, you know, these giant injuries. Right. They really I, they, don't. Yeah. Most of them do not. And not saying that, you know, it's going to, you know, um, I mean, have an effect on the rest of his career. I mean, it may or may not, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's really interesting to look at. I mean, the part of being a great superstar is just, you know, having uncommon health and, you know, maybe having, you know, an, an injury here or there where you, you miss a handful of games, but otherwise, yeah, you most, most of the superstars play, you know, 75 plus games almost every season. So, yeah. We take it for granted, especially a guy like Durant, which is, it's so weird now to think that he's hurt. It's just like, no, he, no, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like what would happen if LeBron got hurt? It's just like, you're just so used to like, no, what? No, he doesn't get hurt. Right. That's- yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, Jordan got hurt his second year. I mean, that was obviously sort of just a blip in his career, but, um, you know, that that's kind of easy to forget too, because, you yeah. know, it just happens over his career didn't really affect his narrative, so to speak. And then, and this does for Durant, or it may, I guess, you know, I mean, he might just come back from it. They might be awesome. I mean, they could win the title. They're, they're certainly in that, in that group of guys, but yeah, it just feels like the thunder keep like doing puzzling things, you know, as far as not getting, you know, or, you know, the, the hardened trade, keeping Perkins, um, you know, not getting, stars that might you know not spending money to get some stars who might compliment mm-hmm. and, and there's might be other reasons why they don't do that or might they just might be cheap but um uh, but you know it is it, it's kind of getting to the point where it's like huh like is this really going to happen is this mm-hmm. is this going to be like one of is this going to be like a great like 
you know, maybe even still, even though we're halfway through the decade, the team of the of the tens, or is this just you know not not going to happen? Because that that's you know there are a lot of teams that sort of look like they're going to be that that are going to ascend to that level, and they just don't be you know the magic of the nineties being one of them because you yeah. know of of circumstances. So. I, I think that's interesting. Um, and then, you know, another one, you know, we've already talked a little bit about it, but, uh, you know, just Derek Rose, of course, uh, you know, almost missing two whole seasons. And, you know, one, one comparison that you that you made, I, I thought, you know, was was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I made. Uh, I was trying to look through history of, of, of you know, Pat, you know, a star, a guy that was a star at some point, you know, because Derrick Rose, he won an MVP. Was it was obviously, you know, that you know rules had to be changed because he had won an MVP and ascended to that level, you know, so quickly of, of going to All Star games and winning MVPs. So you know, they had to make the Derrick Rose rule in terms of how rookies are handled and all that sort of stuff. So we're talking about a, a bona fide star that now misses big chunks of time, and it was hard to find a guy that was still kind of young. The best I could kind of come up with was Grant Hill, and we were, we all are kind of familiar with with what happened with Grant Hill, and obviously his ankles and and here's a guy who but you know 2000 he, he only plays four games uh, 2001 he plays 14 uh, 2002 2003 he plays 29 and I thought that was interesting as well because you had you know obviously and, and people forget this too you know in, in 2011 2012 the year where in the playoffs, Derrick Rose, you know, tore his ACL. He was hurt a lot in the regular season as well. He had weird ankle injuries. He had weird stuff like that. So he really only, he played a limited role that year as well, where, you know, he played every game he was in. He, he played well and was, was good, but he was limited. I forgot the exact number of games, but it was somewhere, I think, around the 50, somewhere around there. You know, obviously he, he tears his ACL in the playoffs, misses the entire next year, comes back you know, plays 10 or 15 games this year and then gets hurt again. So it's, it's very similar in, in Grant Hill where, you, you know, it wasn't this whole, I'm out for an entire, you know, period of time right away where, where some guys, you know, they tear their ACL, they're out, they come back, they're good to go. You know, Grant's ankles were, were lingering for a while to a point where he had to sit out a whole year, even after playing little bits and pieces of some years, he's obviously turned it around and, and had a really good, you know, end of his career and a really durable end of his career. But yeah, it, it remains to be seen with Rose. I, I tend to think this is just kind of a blip on his radar and I see a similar thing that Grant Hill, but the flip side of that is Grant Hill was never the Grant Hill of old. Yeah. You know, here's a guy that was a multiple time all-star, I think five or six in, in his first, maybe eight years or something like that. I mean, a guy that was a bona fide star and one of the guys that they were building around as their post Jordan, you know, sort of guy, a good clean cut star, you know, da, 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 all this sort of stuff. You know, he finally comes back from all those ankle injuries and it's just like, yeah, he's still okay, but it's not, I mean, it's nowhere near what you had. I mean, he, he, you know, he hit, I think he went to one more all-star game and then just be, basically became and largely, I won't say a role player, but, but not, not the superstar that he was. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see where Rose is going to get to. I mean, he's still good, but wasn't ever that, that, Elite, elite level talent that he was before. It, I mean, never an all star again. It, so. it, it probably robbed him of what would have been a, a Hall of Fame career. And oh, so we'll yes. probably will go probably in the Hall of Fame because of college accomplishments. But you, but you, an NBA Hall of Fame, you know, career, I guess. Um, you know, even though he still was very good and had some things. And yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, Rose has looked, you know, looked great kind of, you know, in the preseason, at, you know, as, as far as just seeming to have that quickness and that, um, you know, a, a lot of that back um, and has sort of performed better as the preseason has gone on. So there's hope for him, you know, I mean, you know, the other big one, even though they're not, of course, not at all similar players is Bill Walton, um, you know, who, who was the, um, who, who, you know, was the MVP in 78, then got hurt toward the end of that season and then missed three. I mean, he he missed three out of the next four seasons from age twenty six mm-hmm. to twenty nine. The season he did play the the eighty season, he only played fourteen games. 
Then he played 33 games at age 30, played 55 at age um, 84. And then, and then finally, you know, got a little, you know, had, had a couple years in 85, he played 67 games. And then 86 was with the late, with the Celtics, excuse me, played 80 games. You know, that was, that was, you know, that kind of, and then after that, you played 10 more games retired, but um so he, you know, he was never the same player again, either. Couldn't stay on the court for the most part, but he did. He sort of, you know, he did have that one magical season as a uh, as a role player and one of the greatest teams of all time. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, I mean, th- those are kind of the two, you know, like okay, these guys would have been. I mean, in, in a way, I mean, Walton is still kind of an NBA legend in, in, in Hill to a certain extent, but they would have, you know, like both of them could have been maybe among the top. 25 30 best nba players of all time and i mean the trajectory on walton was much bigger than what he became and that that guy was going to be you know in his first year especially you know how dominant he was i mean you're 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 marking him as an all-time you know no doubt or best you know one of the best ever and yeah it it never quite maybe maybe top five center you know maybe yes oh certainly yeah Yeah. so um and 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 you know it's always kind of hard to keep track to you know um see how that's going but they were definitely on track for to be in those conversations Definitely. Yeah. So we'll see what throws. I mean, obviously, you know, for everyone, hope, hope for good health and it'll make a more interesting story if he's a great player again and, and you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and and competing with guys for our ring. So so I think we're going to uh, well, I know I think we have one more. I think we're, there's a couple other like a couple tandems that I think, you know, it's a, the, the question I think is how much can they achieve with each other, you know, at this point? And I, I, I think two that stand out to me are. Blake Griffin and Chris Ball, the Clippers, and Dwight Howard and James Harden of the uh, of the Rockets, where and part of it is that they're just blocked by the you know extraordinary Spurs. We're going to talk about in a little more in a little while. Um, the champions of last year, and in in you know the the you know the franchise of the last fifteen years. You you can throw the Lakers, and of course with the titles, but just as far as consistently being great every year, pretty much. You know the the Spurs are that standard of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know we were kind of trying to think of some. I mean, I, mean, I, I think of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. You know, it's sort of like a you know Sean Kemp and Gary Payton kind of dynamic, where you know those those Sonics teams were you know consistently those you know, high 50, low 60 win teams. They did make a finals, but, you know, they definitely seem to underachieve, um, you know, being eliminated early in the playoffs than you would think they should have been, um, you know, the, the first round loss in 94 in, in particular. And I do kind of feel that way about Griffin and Paul so far, even though I think individually, they're probably both even better than Kemp and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Peyton respectively. I still think like, you know, um, and there's been extenuating circumstances, but so far, you know, they haven't made it, you know, uh, I mean, they made it the second round, but, but that's about it, you know? Um, and then you get the issue too, where, and it was similar to what happened, you know, with Jordan and, and all these guys, you know, the Barclays and Malones or whatever, is that even if they made it to a final, say, say they get through the, the arduous spurs or whatever, they make it to the finals and okay, now you have, you know, potentially LeBron James in Cleveland again. And then, you know, it, it's still, it's, it's always, they, they could. I mean, you, you had those, you, you know, the Kemp Payton team. They they got to a finals, but people, I mean, they they got, you know, they got beat. So a lot of people don't really. I don't know if people bring that up or or or, or think of them in the same way as if they had, you know, won an NBA final. And and we talk about that all the time. We talk about it at the top of this show. So yeah, they're they're a duo that that I think in the coming years are, are obviously going to contend and be in there. But 
it's hard to see a scenario where, where, where they're, you know, a surefire title team or, or, or one that, that really does get there. And that could, you know, it could hurt their legs, but, but overall, I mean, they're just two great talents as well. Oh that, yeah. I mean, fun to watch. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see them, you know, like I could see it coming together for them. Um, and, and coming, but it, it, it that is sort of like the, the question for the, for both those teams is like, how much can they achieve? You know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think the Rockets did take a little bit of a step back with who they lost, uh, you know, losing Lynn and Ashik and, um, and especially uh, Parsons. But um, yeah, I still think they'll, they're, you know, a, a, a playoff team and, and a pretty, um, you know, safe bet to, to make the playoffs, even though the East is just insanely deep, but um yeah, I, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where um, where those teams go as well. I mean, I, I think that's basically I think we've talked about pretty much most of the teams that have championship as realistic championship aspirations. Yeah. I, I would say there's kind of five or six, you know, at, at the moment that I see, you know, obviously, as the season goes on, maybe there'll be some evidence for some teams that, you know, may, maybe have a shot. But for, but I think we're, those are basically the teams that we're talking about when talk about that. I guess, you know, it's, it's a decent time. We talked sort of about where we see the teams in the East. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the uh, how we see the West before we kind of get into some of the, you know, talking about some of the, the great records that are going to be chasing some of the guys who are, you know, kind of nearing the end of their careers. Yeah, the West is um, – I mean, obviously, the Durant injury changes a lot. I mean, you, you still have the Spurs, who obviously, you know, you know, won the title last year. And, and, and w- would you still consider them kind of the favorites until knocking off, uh, you know, knocked off? I mean, they, they're, they brought everybody back. You know, Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard keeps getting better. And then Duncan apparently <laughs> will never, ever age. And I'm, I'm not calling it. I've called it, I think, for two straight years or three or four straight years that, like, okay, this is the year he slows down a little bit. No, he just keeps being some in some cases actually better than he used to be so i'm not calling that anymore um you know ginobili seemed like he was falling apart but he's he's kind of found a, a you know a right path and, and and tony parker's obviously tony parker are they still your favorites yeah i i mean i yeah there's no reason yeah. there's no reason to doubt them until they demonstrate until they show their age and they haven't done it right. yet so um i mean it's possible they'll show up this year i mean you know that can't be ruled out but but you don't want to be that. I'm not calling it. Anymore. No. Yeah. It, I, so many people have said like, well, this is probably the year it's over. Yeah, right. Right. They can't again, you know, just bring you know, and it's it just forget it now at, at this point when it happens, it'll happen. But, but I'm not going to be the one that, that calls it. So, so other than them and obviously, okay, see, you know, even with the Durant injury, I still think that that's a team once he comes back is going to be great and, and going to be really good. And, and, you know, they might not be, you know, a, a top seed because they might, you know, be hovering or, you know, I'm not, I don't think they're gonna be found 500, but maybe they're not quite the, you know, the elite level team they are without him. And, you know, when he comes back, obviously they, they will. And, and come playoff time, you know, depending on seating, I think there's still a contender there. Um, yeah. Otherwise I, I, I think it's hard pressed to find another team that I really think is, is up there. I, I think there's a lot of good teams in the West, but it's hard to find one that I think is really going to be able to unseat, you know, San Antonio or, or OKC. I mean, you have a, an improved, I think Dallas team with getting Tyson Chandler. Uh, you have Houston who, as you mentioned in, in, in the last you know section, there lost Chandler Parsons and, you know, but there's still one that I mean, they acquired Trevor Reza, so let's not figure out. You know, it's not a completely zero sum that that you know, yeah. Parsons and, and Reza I think will fit well with them and yeah. and and be a better. He's a better defender, obviously. So um, I, I think yeah, I think they're still going to be fine. Um, but yeah, they're now you know they did take a you know I I still think they took a step back overall, but they're still going to be yeah. a 
you know, I, I think they'll be in the, between the 50 to 55 range and wins. Sure. Uh, I think the Clippers are about there too. Yeah, um, right. Memphis is, is close to that level as well. And, and, and Dallas too. I think all four of those teams, you know, with, with, uh, you could see Oklahoma city, just regular season records sliding behind those teams because they're all going to be so, so good, you know? Yeah. Um, Golden State is one that I'm oh, very interested to yeah. see how with, with you know with Steve Kerr fitting in there and, right. and with another year of Clay Thompson getting you know older and better and, and and they seem to have a, a better idea of how to handle rotations you know less David Lee more Bogut if he stays healthy and and that's a team that if everybody stays healthy and if 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 they get the right you know nucleus and, and Steve Kerr ends up being a pretty good coach they could be right in that conversation as well I'm not going to be you know I, I wouldn't call them a contender at this point but you have to see how it kind of flows I mean based off last year no they're not but it's a different team, different coach. It'll be very interesting, but yeah. they're another one I, in there I like as well. What, There's a big glut. I like you know, what they did. Yeah, I mean, all those te- like I said, I, I think all those teams feel like 50 to 55 win teams mm-hmm. to me, maybe even a little bit higher than 55 wins, you know, kind of depending on, on how it goes. And then – you know, there's kind of that next there's sort of that next tier of like uh, you know, there's New Orleans who New Orleans would be very interesting. Yeah, very I mean they sure. they weren't really very good last year, even though Anthony Davis really came on. I think Ashik really does help them though. Yes, I mean, yes. you know, he he shores up their them defensively. He's a really good guy to pair with Anthony Davis. And uh if Ryan Anderson's healthy, you know, that's that's a good, you know, like you know, three man big rotation, essentially they all do different things and they all do interesting things. And I, I certainly believe in Davis as a superstar. I think it's just the backcourt where the, 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 how that fits together. <laughs> Does anybody want Eric Gordon, by right. the way, please. Yeah. <laughs> so free Eric Gordon. Yeah, if anybody mean, wants him, you know, you've got all yours. two years left to Eric Gordon and three years left of, of Tyreek. And Tyreek did play pretty well yeah. last year, but Tyreek doesn't really fit with the Drew, Drew holiday yeah. and, and Drew holiday. Yeah. Drew holiday is a fun I one. Like I, him, I enjoy but him. Yeah. I, it, that's that team is so. I mean, you play with them on like NBA 2K15. It's like the greatest team ever. Because right. like, that, yeah. if you know how to use it, like if you can use all the guys properly, that's and, a great and, and fantasy team. But they're like the greatest team ever. And then like in real life, it just doesn't. A less good reality shits. team. Now maybe Anthony yeah. Davis carries them. Um, maybe they get off to a bad start and get a, a coaching change. But if they get into a, off to a bad start, they're not. You know, they're not catching up in the West. There's just right. there's really no realistic chance of that. Um, I. Um, are you doubting the LA Lakers? <laughs> I, you know, I I think the other teams that like are like you know your borderline playoff teams. If somebody falls off, I think Denver is uh, yep. you know is in that conversation just because of their. Um, I mean, they had so many injuries last year. Uh, they they get um, uh, they get Gall- Gallinari back. They um, they also get. Um, they they add Aaron Follow again. Javale McGee will play. Yeah, well, but that's probably not good. They'd probably be okay if he didn't. Yeah, come um, That's all I right. forgot about Portland among the uh, yeah. yeah the 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 playoff teams. You know, the, they're I think kind of the most likely maybe to fall off, but just because they had uncommon health uh, last year and their bench is is not very good. But also, I mean, they have a really good you know you know another really good two sum in uh, yeah. in in Lillard and Aldridge. So um, you know. They're right there. I mean, I think the most likely scenario is the same eight teams from last year repeat this year, um, mm-hmm. which will be I, I, I think I think it was 1987 was the last 87. Yeah, I think it was 1987. I thought I heard that in a podcast. I could be completely I, wrong. I about. remember hearing um, it was 1980 or 7980. Um, oh, maybe. OK, let that me that was um, in the starters, I believe. But oh, you know what? No, I, I, I listened to the same episode, so I, I probably had it wrong. Then. OK, but 
if it was yeah, it was in the starters. Like, it it happened in the East, I think, in in '05, maybe or '06, something along those okay. lines. But yeah, let's um, check from afar while you're uh... sure. Um, and then you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think even ahead of the Pelicans and the Nuggets, I would say the Suns were would be another like um, right there in that mix. I mean, they were only one game out last year. They won 48 games, did not did not make the playoffs. So. Um, yeah, they lost Channing Fry, who, you know, is important for them, you know, for, for spacing and such, but I, I still think they have enough talent. I, um, you know, their coaching is, uh, it, you know, Jeff Hornacek. I, you know, I, I really do. I, a lot of people are predicting them to slip and it's certainly possible, you know, um, but also Bledsoe only played half the year. If Bledsoe plays, you know, 70 games, yeah. that's, that's a pretty big upgrade right there. So, um, I, you know, I would hate to be in the West, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hate to be a yeah, GM in the I West. Mean, I, I think, like, yeah. I mean, I think the Suns, like you, you win 48 games and it's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> like, I think the Suns are another contender for 50, yeah, great. I think. And, you know, in Portland as well, I think the Nuggets and the Pelicans could approach 45 games. Um, and then the rest of the, uh, the rest of the West, I don't see a serious playoff contenders. Um, you know, um, Minnesota, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Jazz. I know the Kings want to win, but I just don't think they really have the the, the right mix. <laughs> they really there. want to. If, yeah. if Rudy Gay just thinks hard enough, they, yeah, uh, you I want to win. I want to win. The Timberwolves are, are, you know, I mean, they say they're not rebuilding, but I think that they're rebuilding. Um, oh, yeah. The Lakers, I also think, are rebuilding, even though they say they're not rebuilding. <laughs> I think they. I, I yeah, think, that's. I, I am. The the theory they're that, not good. Yeah, I mean, the theory that they're essentially tanking without, you know, saying that the tanking, I, I, I kind of buy that. I kind of buy that's a, a cup check, uh, Jim bus plan. And there's not telling Kobe about it, uh, or Byron Scott. I mean, Jeremy Lin's the second best player on the team. Let's right. And I like Jeremy Lin, but I do too. Yeah, but no, the, yeah, I mean, he's going to be, have the second highest usage on that team. That's not, right. I mean, yeah. And again, yeah, that's, I like Jeremy and, Lin and, like, as... and Jeremy Lin's like a guy who's like great. If he has the ball in his hands a lot, but with Kobe's, that's not, you know, yeah, unless right. Kobe gets hurt again, which is another possibility. Um, and then the Jazz, who I actually think do think kind of will be a, a quite a bit better, but I don't think they're more than like they're still. Yeah, yeah they're I mean, still... they're not more than like 35 win better. You know, I mean, I, I think it's, it's hard to see a scenario. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but it's hard to see a, a scenario where Utah it, it's and that's that's one of the teams that I think about that. It's like. You know, I said I'd hate to be a GM in the West because you have Utah, who I think is doing everything, you know, right. And they're, they're building a team a, a good way. And they're, you know, they're building to the draft and this sort of stuff. And it's just like, no, you, not a prayer, not a prayer. <laughs> like, it's just like no chance that you guys are going to make the playoffs like this year and probably not next year. It's just, I, ah, it'd be so frustrating to be a GM in the, and I, I see why Kevin Love was just like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to the East. Like, it's just, yeah, it's such, it's, it's a hell of a conference, the Western Conference. It's it is just so many good teams. That's what I found out. What's interesting about this NBA season, and 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 kind of talking about how I talked about with the Eastern Conference is, there's not really who, who are like the really truly awful teams. There's only a few really. Otherwise, there's a lot of other teams, which is you know for everybody that, that complains about parity in the NBA, and it might you know be true with with who wins the NBA Finals. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I think there are. You know, there's eleven. Uh, or I, yeah, there are 11 realistic teams that could make it out out west and then about the same in the east mm-hmm. um you know i uh, i don't know maybe orlando could kind of be a surprise maybe they could you know be be a borderline i think indiana's defense will be good enough where they might you know they they will kind of be in the borderline too i mean the, the only teams that i'm pretty confident won't are the obviously the 76ers and 
the Celtics and probably even the Bucks. Although the Bucks, like, they have some young talent. They actually have like, I mean, like all their veterans from last year almost like had like either injuries or like career worst seasons. If they just kind of get a, a few guys to kind of get back to fairly close to normal, if Larry Sanders kind of bounces back, they're actually, you know, like mid to high thirties is not, I don't think completely out of the question for them. No, absolutely not. I, 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 I don't think they're a playoff team, but it's, it's, you know, you could but be in a center where that's close enough where you could where yeah, it's not, you know, uh, out of the realm of possibility. I and mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, a stretch, but it's not like I can, it's not something that I think is completely out of, you know, is impossible. No, yeah, and if you get like Jabari Parker, just kind of fits like a glove, and it's just you know great in the NBA sure. right away. And, and Jason, Giannis takes a step yeah, up. Yeah, if Jason and... Kidd gets finds an identity for them and it works, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, he did for the he eventually did yeah. for the Nets. So, um, you know, it's different, obviously, with young players. And yeah, um, but I think he, he wants to. I, I, from everything I've read, is that he wants to run kind of a quicker pace, which I think it would be good for them because the last year in the Larry Drew offense, it was uh, yeah, not, uh, <laughs> not, not probably accommodating for, for a young team. So yeah, it's very, it, it's interesting, but yeah, that's, that's just something, an observation I sort of had that, that, that there's not really, and I don't know if it's just because we're in this year right now, but I always feel like in most years, there's a good chunk of teams that you're like, yeah, they have no chance of making the playoffs whatsoever. And this year there, there's less of that. But uh, one thing I did want to mention before we move on sure. too is talking about the Western conference sort of dominance and this sort of, you know, powerhouse Western conference where these, you know, there's so many teams that are, 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 you know, just with such high win totals and talking about conference dominance. I mean, we're going on now. When would you sort of say it started for the Western conference? Cause it's, it's, I feel like we've had a long time now. I mean, it's almost been what 15 years that they've been like the premier conference of the two. Yeah. I mean, post Jordan really, yeah, and then so it's shit. Yeah, you can maybe even go more than fifteen. Which is—is is there anything else that's even close to that? I mean, you had the, the Eastern Conference for for a number of years was 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 big, but I don't feel like it was ever this large of a gap where it was just so obvious that one conference was was for as long as it was. Because and the other problem too is a lot of teams were, were still sort of moving uh, back and forth and adding teams and this yeah. stuff. So so it was hard to find. I mean, you have like the Bucks. You know, you have a really good Bucks team that that's switching. You know, conferences. You know, uh, you know, every, uh, a few years here and there. So that that kind of hurts. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, I mean, really, the the conferences have been pretty much stable since mm-hmm. you know uh, eighty or so. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah, there's not. I mean, I I think the Eastern Conference was the stronger conference in most mostly in the eighties and nineties. Um, but yeah, I don't think the gap was as, as big as it is now. And there probably were years where the Western conference was even, I mean, even in the Jordan era, I mean, there were some really strong, you know, 60 plus, you know, there were a, a couple of 60 plus win teams each season. Yeah. And I mean, that, that was, you know, the, you know, Utah, Phoenix, Seattle, Houston, almost San Antonio, those five franchises throughout the entire nineties, you know, were good to great almost every year, um, you know, and, and, you know, like they, several of them challenged in Portland too, um, you know, several of those teams challenged, you know, the Bulls or whoever in the East. And, you know, it, it just that happened, of course, the Bulls and the East won most of those titles. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it, I, I don't, I mean, I guess it changes be, with talent distribution, um, to a certain extent, but uh, I mean, part of the reason is because of, you know, um, players that we're going to talk about in our next segment who have been dominant players who have mostly played in the Western Conference their entire careers. I mean, that's, you know, that's really the reason. I mean, it's because of, you know, what those players being drafted, those teams, and it just happened that a lot of them happened to be out West. I, I mean, you know, also like, you know, 
great coaches and other things, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you need the players. They're the most important thing. So I, you know, I guess, and you know, we just get more franchise type players out East is the only way that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. and, um, and, and I don't, you know, that, well, you know, like I said, we have, we have some guys who are going to be retiring in the next two or three seasons. So that might shift it somewhat. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, there's, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get to those. I mean, there's, there's one that's obviously, you know, been propping up a team for the large part for, for the past 15 years that once he departs, you know, might see a little shift. So yeah, it, it certainly, it, it could be coming, but yeah, well, let's take a, let's take a little break and uh, we will uh, start talking about some of the uh, great players who are chasing uh, some, some career records and, uh, and some who may be nearing the end of their careers. So we'll be back in just a few moments. All right, and we're back now, and we're going to talk a little bit about chasing history records and retiring players and all that other good stuff. Uh, I think the first guy to talk about, and a guy that that is is – Likely, I mean, I think it's so hard to say. Tim Duncan. Well, is this his last year or no? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's so hard to tell with him. It's it's like I like he's a guy that I think like it'll just it'll, one year it'll just like happen and he'll just kind of go away and, and we won't know because I just we haven't seen that we talked about in the last second we haven't seen that gradual decline from him he's just kind of there but yeah I don't know is this if. What it, I, I don't know. I feel like it is, but it's so hard. Uh, yeah, to... I mean, my guess is it's probably not, but it's, you know, within the next two or three years. It's, I, I, the, kind of the guys who I, I put on this list are guys who, you know, it could be this year. It's not impossible, yeah. but most of them, it's more like likely in the next two or three seasons. I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, Tim Duncan, um, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Kobe Bryant, uh, Steve, Dirk. yeah, yeah, Dirk, Steve Nash, who we've we've uh, uh, you know talked about at the beginning of the show, uh, Ray Allen if he plays again, uh, Vince Carter, Sean Marion, Andre Miller, Elton Brand. I mean, you know, these guys are all you know pretty important players um, in the league. Um, you know, all stars. Most of them are likely Hall of Famers. You know, even Paul, Gas- Paul Gasol. You know, um, he's probably still has a few more years in him. But you know, if he were done in three years, that wouldn't be a huge shock. You know, no. um, so uh, you know, it, it'll be it, it'll be interesting. You know, the um, kind of the best retirement classes. I kind of looked that up. You know, and uh, the there were kind of four that really stood out. There was 74 with Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Dave DeBusher, Jerry Lucas, and Willis Reed. The last three, of course, being, you know, from the, from the early seventies, Knicks teams, they're your favorites. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, 1980 was Rick Barry, Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe, Pete Maravich, and, and Paul Silas. Uh, 84 was Elvin Hayes, Bob Lanier, Tiny Archibald, David Thompson, and Paul Westfall. And then 2003 was John Stockton, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, Tim Hardaway, and Sean Kemp. So those are like the kind of the gold standards when it comes to retirement classes, yeah. you know, that, that, that kind of, I found, um, you know, and in some of those, you know, obviously like in a two or three year period, like the year before, like 73, um, Will Chamberlain retired, you know, if you kind of expanded it to two or three year blocks, I'm sure you could find, you know, kind of an even more like bigger class. But I mean, you're, you know, the, the guys that we're talking about retiring and most of them have had, you know, 15 year plus careers, you yeah. know, will end up, you know, and, and that's, you know, I mean, there are, 
you know, and some of them, you know, I mean, Duncan is in, um, you know, I, his, his 18th year, I believe. Um, I mean, I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he's, uh, yeah, it's going to be his 18th year. So, um, you know, that's obviously pretty amazing. And, um, you know, he, Garnett has, yeah, Garnett's, you know, yeah. I, you know, Garnett and Kobe are the, that's their, their 20th year. I, I, you know, so, um, you know, Dirk's been around for a long time too. I mean, you know, these guys, um, you just, just mileage wise, you know, you look at, if you look at like the, the list of like all time minutes played, I mean, we have a lot of active guys who are in that top, you know, the, the top 50 in that list, you know? Um, so just, just, uh, we're really, I, I think we're going to end up with a historic, you know, two or three year run of just like guys who are just incredible players uh, retiring. I mean, may, maybe, you know, arguably the greatest or, or very close to that, the greatest retiring class year, just kind of depending on how that all falls. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, there's six in the top 25. Uh, yes. Played their active guys right now. You have Garnett, Allen, uh, Kobe, Duncan, uh, Dirk, and then Paul Pierce. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. And then Vince Carter, Sean Marion and Steve Nash are all in the top 50. Too. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, all those guys, I think, are Hall of Famers. So Anton Jameson. It's interesting to see, like, what type of players like and like when you get to like Anton the 40,000 minute mark or the or the 30. 35,000 like Otis Thorpe is 31st yeah, it's, like, it's such a weird you know because obviously I mean most of the players who are going to play that long are going to be great Hall Jeez, of Fame Joe players. Johnson 35 over 35,000 for Joe Johnson he's 62nd overall yeah exactly yeah it just and he I mean he's still got a few years in him so that's yeah, that's, it, that's going to be interesting uh to see but yeah just it, it, LeBron's not Derek 90, Harper yeah LeBron's 93rd all time so you know he'll be moving up that list as well obviously um but yeah, I mean, it just, you know, we're, we're looking at incredible, obviously, you know, like I said, with, with Duncan, you know, um, I, one big thing of course, is that the Spurs are going for ring number six. And, um, uh, I, you know, I wonder how much that, like, I mean, obviously they want to win what ring they want to ring uh, ring every year is number six. That's kind of a special number because that would mean they would pass, you know, the Kobe Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, that would also, they would also pass the Showtime Lakers. Um, you know, Duncan would kind of be up a notch. He'd be tied with Kareem with six rings. Um, you know, and, and how does that affect where they fit in with the all time teams and Duncan with the all time players? I mean, you know, this, these last couple of finals are, you know, are, are putting Duncan, I think, in even higher level discussion of the greatest players of all time. I mean, he's already, you know, in that conversation. But like now, like, hey, is is top five crazy uh, for Tim Duncan? Yeah, right. I, I, you know, I'm a big Duncan fan, so I, I don't think that it's I mean, I think you can start making conversations about that and really start talking about him a little bit. And the six to me, I'm not I'm not the biggest like, oh, rings equal, you know, you know what I mean? Where where people are are there's kind of this arbitrary ranking of rings as, as as guys. But when he gets six, you know, if he gets six, you know, he's tied there with Jordan and stuff. As you mentioned, he passed all those Laker teams. Now it's really, I mean, even the people there, there's a, there's a subset of fans that I think are going to anyway just break down his career regardless of the rings. But there's always that subset of fans that that care very much about you know how many titles do you have. He he's going to notch all those boxes soon. I mean, he already kind of does. But if he gets to six, I mean, now you're talking. I mean, one of the best winners of all time. 
one of the, I mean, easily, easily, easily one of the best power forwards of all time. I, you could even make the argument is the best power forward of all time. Sure. We'll see. But it, it's just, yeah, it's going to be, the, the resume is just going to become too, I, I think it's already overwhelming, but yeah, six rings and another solid year would just make it ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the guy, I mean, he doesn't need any more accolades, but that would just be, a, you know, yeah. even more of a cherry on top and really set him apart from some of his peers. As you mentioned, Kobe, if he can set himself apart, you know, rings wise from a Kobe Bryant. Okay. Now, you know, this, that's, that's very important. I think to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that changes kind of how we feel about the, you know, cause obviously the Lakers and the Spurs have been the two dominant post Jordan teams, uh, you know, with you can kind of throw Miami in there a little bit too. Um, but, uh, you know, that that sixth ring, you know, the end of his career and even if Duncan, you know, if Duncan could win two more or something like that. I mean, that's just sort of like that, you know, and, and just to have that late career greatness. I mean, the only guy who who compares with late career greatness is, is Kareem, I think, yeah. you know, of, you know, being past the age of 37. I mean, that's when most guys retire. I mean, there are guys who have held on that long. But as far as like still being like, you know, you know, the one of the best players at your position in the league. And, and I, you know, I think of Duncan more as a center than as a power forward, honestly, yeah. you know, um, but either way, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the, those great big men, I mean, you, you look at his late career n- numbers and you look at Kareem's and they're, you know, those are pretty similar. And Kareem played at a high level through age 40, you know, and he, yeah. you know, his last year was, he, it definitely, there was, he, it slipped, but um, he, but he still put up like 23 and 14 in a finals game. So, you know, um, at age, you know, I think he was 42 at that point. So that's just, you know, that's pretty amazing. And I, you know, I, but yeah, I can see Duncan sticking around another few years. I mean, with, with health and, yeah. you know, he, he played, um, he played 74 games last year. I mean, yeah, you know, it was good. Right. And, <laughs> and yeah. And he yeah. played, you know, 2000 minutes, 2158 minutes actually. So, um, you know, that's not, I mean, that, you know, that's a lower load than, you know, than he did in his prime, but it's still, um, it's still like, very much contributing. And I, I think he's still the most important player on that team. Maybe, yeah. maybe not the best, maybe, maybe Parker is now, or I, I don't know, but, um, you know, he's right there. And then, you know, that's another thing for Popovich too, you know, who's going to get a thousand coaching wins this year. He's also second all time to Jerry Sloan as far as coaching on one team. Um, I think this is his 19th season. Um, so I think Sloan is 23. So he's still a little while to go there. But, um, you know, and then it would be ring number six for him, too. Um, you know, he's not going to pass Phil Jackson, but still is like a, you know, I, like I don't I don't know how important that is to these guys. If that if that's really something they think about or if it if that's just too big of a goal, if you just you're, you're thinking more of just like what the next game or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it has to at least cross your mind. Oh, I'm certain. Yeah, it has to. I mean, they, they, that's that's their, their – I mean, yeah, they, they, they can say all they want is, you know, we, we care about that next game and that next game or whatever. But, I mean, that's – as a champion-winning head coach, I mean, you, you can't tell me that Phil Jackson, you know, it, when, when he's going for, you know, X number of rings or whatever, you know, was, was not thinking, ah, it'd be pretty cool to, you know, get six. Yeah, I mean, he had really that – cool to get seven or whatever. That, I mean, that's – You mean that hat when he passed our back, you know. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, he, no. so they, they, he didn't. Oh, weird. I I didn't know. Like, right. That's so weird. I wasn't keeping track at all when I look at my fingers and like. I mean, the cover of his book forgot. It's just him like bathing in 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 finals rings. So that's yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's there. You go. 
I'm sure he, he's he's well aware, but uh, Phil's a Phil's a different guy. I don't know. I don't know about Pop. Pop's a, Pop's an odd fellow. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, he might not. I'm I mean, sure he, he he seems like a guy that that like puts his rings in like a drawer and yeah. just like puts them away and like doesn't even I, like, honey, where's your championship ring? I, I, I mean, I'm sure the... I'm sure they're aware of it. I just wonder like if that motivates them. If, like, oh, we're just, right, you know, right. if if they care about that at all, and and it'd just be interesting to to see. I mean, I doubt they'd admit to it if they did, but um, you know. Uh, and of course, you know, the, uh, another guy chasing history in interesting ways, Kobe Bryant, um, you know, he's, he's going to likely pass, um, Michael Jordan in points scored this year. He's only has about a little, a little bit less than 600 to go that way. That should be fairly, uh, that's obviously fairly easy unless he has another serious injury. Um, but, you know, the Lakers aren't going to be good, as we've talked about. Uh, in fact, they could be really bad, particularly defensively. Um, Byron Scott is not inspiring, uh, you know, a lot of uh, <laughs> confidence as as his approach as coach has been the anti-D'Antoni. No, no, you know, only <laughs> the anti-efficiency. Yeah, only 10 three-pointers a game, no more than that, you know. Um, what happens if somebody, like, has he said the reprimand? Like, how will you get reprimanded if you... <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like, who's the guy that takes eleven and he just like right. get down? Yeah, <laughs> get well, over here. You like, know, yeah. I I hope he's got like a ticker, like you know, like a uh, like a time. He's like, we're at ten. All right, uh, like that's enough. Shut it down. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, I I doubt that really will last. But still, no, that'll I, last know, a game maybe. I I mean, he he's actually looked pretty good in the preseason as well. Although mm-hmm. I know the the shots haven't really fallen quite that. You know, it, it's just interesting. It's like, okay, he has two more seasons on his contract. Like, what's a dignified way to end his career? Like, can he still be great? Um, I mean, I think he, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I think odds are against him because of the miles and the injuries. But um, like, if he were still really good for a couple of seasons, he that that wouldn't surprise me. Him carrying that team to the playoffs, I don't think is realistic. But no, I think he'll he'll score until the day he dies. I mean, that that's a guy who will score until he's fifty. Could probably put up some yeah, decent, you know, I mean, shots well, and that sort of yeah, stuff. I mean, but yeah. you know, is he going to shoot thirty eight percent? That's what I mean. Yeah, he'll he'll be able to shoot and yeah. he'll be able to score, and the team's not going to tell him at it at any point. And that's the, the thing. He sort of he's in a weird spot now because he's such a legend and he's so I mean you can tell even from this offseason and other stuff I mean he's a he's almost above that organization at this point where it's like you know he has said you know hey when when we're signing free agents let me know or you know let you know I, I want to be involved in talks about this and that and that and it's it's like well, geez I mean and and in a way he's earned it and he's been there forever but he's a guy that yeah he I, I think for another two years he can definitely put up you know 20 plus shots a game because it's going to be so hard to have a coach come in there and say, Hey, you know, you need to take a back. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You, you know what I mean? Like he's always going to be that featured guy on the team and, and, and they might go down in flames with it. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I could see scoring at least 18 points a game until his final season. And whenever that is, I, I really can't even predict when Kobe would retire because it's, it's, it's hard to imagine like, you know, next year him saying I'm out because that's just, it's, he, he's such a competitor that it's, it's, it's hard to envision him saying, yeah, I, I'm calling it quits because this, this is, you know, his life. It's, it's just it's similar to Jordan in a lot of ways where, where, where you always sort of had this idea that, that you know, even though he retired every time, it's it, he's such an unbelievable competitor and that's his lifeblood. So, yeah, but Kobe even more than that is just more of like a like basketball is his life. And that's 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 it. So, yeah. And, um, you know, the, the uh, so here's the thing, like if they're still really bad, like next season, I mean, do you think he wants out and wants a chance? At, at yeah, a I don't know. Yeah. That's, um, or does he want to retire as, you know, like what matters more to him? Um, 
I mean, that's an interesting question. It's very interesting, yeah, because he, he's a guy that's always, you know, thrived on, and, and, and that's been the biggest thing is that he's just a super competitor and he wants to win. Yeah, I mean, can he endure, you know, or endure, you know three years of, of not being any good? Yeah, and, and, and this, knowing that, you know, hey, this might be my last or second to last year, do I really want to be on this, you know, 28-win team? Or, you know, they might not be that bad. Or, well, I mean, I, they, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they're pretty bad, yeah. so, so maybe. But you know what I mean? Like, is he – I? It's hard to imagine Kobe being okay with that, but yeah, yeah. you never know. I mean, I, he demanded a trade before. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like it's on. I mean, it obviously was a much different stage of his career and that, and that didn't trade. Of course it didn't happen, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if it ends well there. I just, I feel like that's a little combustible. I mean, there's been a, a lot of talk this week, a lot of articles about Kobe, um, you know, whether, you know, whether he's bad for the franchise at this point um, and, you know, where he should kind of be ranked. Uh, but I mean, just another guy you have to just appreciate just like what a wonderful career he's been is the as weirdly divisive as that argument is. And it is, it is honestly as kind of obnoxious as it is just because, uh, you know, it, it's not a productive argument at you know, there are a few people who can have it, who can be reasonable about, you know, like his level of greatness and, it just things like that. There's just so much baggage there from, you know, years and years of just there being, you know, insane of him having just insane level defenders. And then, you know, some people who are kind of been a little bit out to get him too. you know, um, I think the crazy is definitely more on one side than the other, but still, you know, it's just sort of a toxic debate, but I, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it it's weird. Um, and it's going to be like, I, I think there's definitely a chance that it kind of gets, it kind of gets ugly there. Oh yeah. I think so too, but yeah. Um, Kevin Garnett, you know, he's definitely showed some signs of winding down last year. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> he's about to, you know, presumably will, uh, pass the, uh, 50,000. He's, he's only, um, about 1100 minutes away from, from, fi- from uh, 50,000. Um, if he, only has slightly more than last year, about 1,200 minutes. Then he'll pass his old coach, Jason Kidd, um, in minutes to be third all time. He's sixth all time right now um, in NBA, ABA combined minutes. So that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, I, maybe, I, actually, I mean, not only just that, but you know, he's like ninth uh, in win shares all time. Uh, he, he could be very close to seventh all time uh, with with uh, if, you know with decent play this year. Um, so, you know, there, there's some, there's some milestones there. I don't think the nets are going to be, you know, they'll, they'll be okay, but they're not going to be like a, um, you know, I I mean, they're, they're a borderline playoff team in my mind. So, you know, they're not going to move the needle in championship wise. I, I, I doubt he gets traded unless, you know, they're really bad and, you know, he just wants to be on a contender. I don't know which, what team would work, you know, because he's, he does a decent, you know, making that math work might be tricky, but, um, you know, but, um, he, he's, I mean, obviously like, gosh, I mean, you know, just, <laughs> we're talking about three guys, um, who are, you know, just among, you know, top, maybe top 20 greatest players of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's one that it, it's sort of hard. He, he's going to be another one. I think like a Nashville, once he retires, once we have a few years to kind of look back at, at him. Cause I feel like right now when we're still in the now, I think people appreciate some basic stuff about Kevin Garnett and his intensity and that stuff. But I think it's going to, it's going to take a few years for people to really, really comprehend. And, and maybe it's his minutes and maybe when people, cause like I, you wrote that in the show notes and I was like, Oh wow. I, I you know, it, it's hard to believe that he's up in that level and it's hard to believe that he's played this many years. Cause you just kind of take it for granted. I mean, as long as I've been a, a, a relative, 
of, you know, what I consider, a, you know, a, a hardcore NBA fan. He's been there. He's just always there. And it's just, it's going to be very weird to have an NBA without him. And um, looking at the, uh, the minutes, uh, there was one I, I want to mention too, before we move on is uh, Elvin Hayes, exactly 50,000. Did you know the story oh, behind man. that? No. Oh, did he want to get out? Oh, no. I, did, did he? I think I know a little bit okay, about that. Okay, that was. He knew, right? And was no, like. No, he. Well, I mean, he knew, but I don't. It wasn't him. It was. Uh, so that was the year they tanked for Lajuan. Yes. And yeah. one of the motivations for playing him, it was his last year. And, and by then he just wasn't very, you know, he wasn't very good. And like they were playing him like 40 minutes or. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no. Tanking just started this last year. Jason. What are you talking about? <laughs> Philadelphia invented it. Yeah. What do you mean tanking for Hakeem? What what are you what are you insinuating here? So he played Are you saying teams in the previous years? I, I know. Were maybe not playing up to their potential because they knew a good player was in the draft? <laughs> it's I, I know that I, Jason. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean they like they played him a crazy number of minutes and they were saying, Oh, we want we want to get him to to fifty thousand minutes and like everyone was just kinda like, Oh yeah, right, you know, just <laughs> like it was just so funny that they um, that they tried to do that. But yeah, there's a there's an SI article about it from the time that um uh I show that. I mean, I'm trying to see if they have minutes played in his uh in in the game log. Okay, they don't have minutes played in um in the game logs for some reason um or not in very many of them anyway um but yeah he uh yeah i mean basically they just rode him down the stretch um you know even though <laughs> in his last year he was he, you know he shot 40 percent from the field yeah. so um so yeah but um he, that, but yes the, the fifth go him for the round number the, the, the round number is pretty funny Anybody else around a nice clean round number let me see real quick before we move uh, yeah. on that's that's all i'm seeing scrolling 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 nope uh, yeah, there's some that are close, but nah, not as cool as that. Yeah. And you know, Dirk's, oh. Dirk's also moving up that points board too. I mean, he's, uh, he's a 12th right now, pretty likely to, um, to pass a Shaq. Um, you know, if he was, if he has 2000 points, he passes Shaq and would be eighth all time, which is, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of points. Yeah. Especially when we consider two of where a lot of his shots came from and the way he, he, he sort of you know, his offense was constructed. It's constructed in a way where, you know, you wouldn't assume that a, you know, the guy, I mean, it's, we, we know now that it's, you know, his primary shot is one of the least efficient shots in the NBA, but for him, it's not because he's so damn good at, at hitting that elbow jumper, hitting those, you know, long twos that it doesn't matter. So yeah. for him to accumulate that much where you look at a guy like Shaq and, and, you know, his points came, I'm stronger than you and I'm just going to jump up and, and, and put it in the basket here, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And, and a lot of the other guys that, that are on there are, a lot of them are big men who a lot of their stuff was right around the basket. Whereas Dirk, you know, it's just, it's just amazing to see him accumulate that many points doing, you, you know, if he came into the NBA today, a lot of people would go like, you know, he'd get a lot of credit, you know, if he was drafted this year, you know, with a similar skill set, a lot of people would, be, you know, what are you doing? You can't shoot from there. I mean, that's a, you know, you step, you know, take five steps back and shoot a three or whatever. But for him, it's, 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 it's worked and it's gotten to that point. Uh, I looked at a few things too, uh, for Dirk, uh, wind shares. He's, uh, he's currently 10th in total wind shares. And if he has, um, a similar year to what he had last year, which is plausible, but I mean, it was, it was a pretty good year last year, which is like kind of roughly 10. I think it was a little bit under 10 wind shares. Uh, he'll pass, uh, Kevin Garnett, um, Oscar Robinson, Artist Gilmore and Tim Duncan. Yeah. Uh, in all time win well, shares. So, so that'll be interesting to see. Duncan will, well, I mean, yeah, Duncan will accumulate his own. So, yeah, end. but, but still, that will, you know, that, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So, because I, yeah, Dirk, Dirk's another interesting one too of when, when he sort of 
hangs it up because he's still it's remarkable how many of these older guys are still pretty damn good right. yeah <laughs> i mean there, there's no you know uh i mean, I mean definitely um you know, I, I think I think Garnett's probably the safest bet to yes, yes. to retire. Of course, Nash now. Um, again, whether it counts this year or last year, since he won't play, but he did play the preseason. So, um, you know, perhaps I, I don't know which one would, would technically be his retirement year. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's 35. So, um, but if you know, so you know, I figure three or four more years probably for him. Sure. Um, yeah. But that's that would be old. You know, I mean, a lot, a lot of guys, you know, historically have dropped off, and obviously, you know, part of it's just better training and better, you know better food and better you know we know how to take care of athletes better than we did you know 20 30 40 50 years ago but um but and obviously the the players themselves deserve credit for like maintaining that you know i guess if you're getting paid millions to do that you're (laughs) that's motivation to take care of yourself for longer but um yeah i you know there there's a um you know, I think mean, I think those are the the major highlights um, as far as you know uh, it, records go. I mean, I, I think you know Kobe passing Jordan, I and mean, that'll be real. That'll be one people pay attention to. Yeah. You know, assuming that happens. Um, you know, the rest of them are are kind of more just. And of course, Duncan chasing after the the, the next ring, and Popovich getting his a thousands coaching win. I think you know that'll that'll get that'll get some attention too. The rest of these are are pretty. You know, are sort of advanced and nerdy, but. um so yeah you know um you know i guess one thing we were going to talk a little bit about is kind of like the guys who are going you know the next decade of dominance who are like the guys who you are going to sort of like replace you know these these legends and 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 be great for the you know obviously potentially could be great for the you know the next 10 years and and you know, maybe even they are. Uh, although two of these guys are out, are two. I think of the the most prominent ones are out west. So I'm not sure if that's going to change the um, conference, uh, you know, scenario much at all. But you know, we, we, you know, who are we thinking here? Yeah, one that immediately comes to mind and, and is Anthony Davis. Is a guy that that we're all sort of in agreement on that that he's on that cusp of just becoming something you know really special in his offensive the the biggest concerns with him was his offense and it turned out that his offense was was you know even more advanced in his defense initially and that his defense is 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 great i mean there's still some little i mean advanced metrics show that there's some stuff that he needs to work on a little bit but just a just a premium blocker like a really good you know on ball defender that sort of stuff so yeah. he he's one that strikes me as absolutely the problem with him and 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 you sort of mentioned it as well is you know, being on the team like the Hornets with, you know, Eric Gordon and this sort of stuff is that, you know, we're getting to that point, you know, in this, these next few years are his, what we consider prime. I mean, most of us, you know, the NBA GMs considered him the breakout player of this year, which is funny considering, did you look at his numbers last year? And if he, apparently if he breaks out from last year, yeah, he's going to be I, literally the best player ever. Yeah, I, like that would be very hard yeah, to, he was, to do that. But I think they mean that in a more kind of figurative sense that the breakout in the sense that people are going to start really noticing that this guy is something of, of a superstar. And I think he absolutely is a superstar, but yeah, the issue with him becomes, you know, will he be good enough on a good enough team? And will he be, he'll be in playoffs, you know, to do this. It might be another year or two until he does. And it might take a few of these guys retiring, a you know, a, a, a Dirk, maybe retiring to fill that role. But yeah, he's one that immediately comes to mind and, and a guy that's still like, you know, 20, 21 years old and is, is, is just now reaching, you know, his pinnacle so that he, he's a guy for sure that I see um, a few others. I mean, there's, 
there's a lot of big men right now. You have, you know, Andre Drummond's, uh, your DeMarcus Cousins. And Cousins will be an interesting case this year because it's sort of been – there's been a lot of frustration around him. But, you know, with, with Summer League and and, and – in, not some really rather the, the, the Olympics where he really looked like a great player and and a guy who when his head's you know straight it, 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 there's not many people better than him so so he's an interesting one um, you mentioned a, a Greg Monroe who's who's a very interesting one because he's got the the qualifying offer issue so I don't know yeah yeah I don't know if he's a guy yeah and he's a guy that's just he I, it, you're not sure if it's a situation issue with him as well yeah um, I, I don't yeah I don't see Monroe as like being a guy who's going to dominate the I mean he's, he he might be okay I think part of the issue is that kind of his skill sets a little outdated um mm-hmm. you know I, I think really Davis Drummond and Cousins are the three best bets to yeah and be. Drummond's amazing yeah, yeah I mean yeah I mean Drummond you know well Cousins I think is going to be interesting because like is he gonna like, is he going to be somewhere like with like Rashid Wallace or Chris Weber, who where he's going to have to get traded, you know, once or twice before he's really going to, you know, like blossom in like the right situation? Um, I, I, you know, I mean, it's hard to see the Kings. You know, they built around him. It's hard to see them want you know, giving up very soon. But on the, at the same time, they also are not likely to be good. So, you know, something's going to have to happen kind of there. They're just going to really be smart about building around him. Um you know, Drummond's really raw, but he obviously has like the right coach, uh, you know, Stan Van Gundy. There's obviously the, the similarities to um, to Dwight Howard. You found some interesting things about him statistically, though. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Uh, so I wanted to look and, and obviously we're familiar with his his unbelievable rebounding. And, and, and something that's interesting about him, too, is this super high field goal percentage. So what I try to look at is did a little bit of play indexing and looked at uh, guys with similar points per game that he had last year, similar rebounds per game and then similar field goal percentage. And uh, the one guy came up. So he literally has one comp that has similar points per game, similar rebounds per game and similar uh, field goal percentage. Um, Wilt Chamberlain. I've heard uh, some stuff about him. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty good player. Uh, so then I looked at uh, another interesting thing with him is because obviously what's what's very notable about Andre Drummond is he's so horrendously awful at free throws. And I looked at, OK, well, who's a guy who has a similar points per game as Andre Drummond, but then a similar or worse field goal percentage? And you could probably guess who that's going to be. Will Chamberlain again. So not even uh, not even a Shaquille O'Neal uh, came up on this list. I thought a few more guys right. were going to come up on the, on the the worst field goal percentage, but our free, uh, free throw percentage. But man, Drummond's really bad. <laughs> That's the, the funny thing is that the two seasons where Chamberlain comes up as a comparison are sixty-seven and seventy-two, which were the 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 uh, the, the sixty-eight when. Um, yeah, Sixers and the uh, seventy win uh, or sixty nine win Lakers. They're, the, they're basically the two greatest teams of all time. You know, <laughs> right, yeah. up until the Bulls. Uh, you know, one season teams of all time up until the the yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> if only if only Andre Drummond had played thirty years. Right. Ago, yeah. Now obviously in the history you know, of not, basketball. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little bit cherry pick in there, but 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 you get yeah. I mean. I do think he's a remarkable talent. He's got to figure a lot of things out, but um, he has the right guy. So Stan going there is going to be great. That, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to, to seeing is, that. Is, uh, you know, another guy who I don't necessarily think is like going to be at this level, but I just I think the comparison that you found is really interesting. Um, Derek Favors. Yeah, and that was another little bit of play indexing as well. And I looked at at guys that were, you know, age 20s and had similar career numbers. So I looked at only only guys in their 20s with similar numbers to Derek Favors. And that was, you know, you know, I, I did basic. I did point per game, rebound per game, field goal percentage, assist per game, that sort of stuff. And one name that came up in, in, in a particular year as well was Carl Malone. 
fittingly enough, in, in Utah, and it was his rookie year in Utah, that the numbers of Carmelo's rookie year were almost identical to what Derek Favors' career numbers are. So that was very – because because he's a guy when you watch him play, I mean, he doesn't have a Stockton, but Derek Favors plays very similar to what – and it might be the Utah thing, it would be that. But, yeah, he's an interesting one to see where he kind of develops and, and progresses because, you know, at, the, at he's right now – I think he's 23 right now. He would be at the age that – because Malone, what, what, how old? He was, what, 20? His rookie year. Sorry, I don't know. I, I did it earlier and I fired up. Uh, age-wise, they're not very much. They're very similar right. to what they were. Yeah. Uh, let's, Malone, he, he uh, was what 22 was he? as a rookie, yeah. The 22, yeah. So, so and then you – Yeah, so it's – Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying that we're, we're reaching that point where Favors now is becoming, you know, around the same age that Malone was when he had a similar year to Malone. So it'll see, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the, the career path with those. It, it's, you know, possibly unrealistic to say that Derek Favors is going to be as good as Carl Malone. I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous, you know, at this point, but it, it's fun to see that sort of the trajectory right now of Favors. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because we're almost, because Favors has been, and this is, a, I think, year four for him, and it's almost kind of like, okay, is he really going to end up being any good? Like, he's getting, like, I feel like he's kind of seemed a little bit like a disappointment, like because mm-hmm. he's been around for so long relatively. But yeah, it is that that I think is kind of gives some perspective. It's like, oh, he's still really young, you know, and he's been in the league for a while. But I mean, I don't think he's going to obviously the likelihood is he's, he's as great as Kyle Malone is, is unlikely. But I is like, OK, he's still young enough and could figure it out you know, and still be a really good player for like a while. You know, that, that chance is still there. He is not, mm-hmm. you know, um, like, yeah, let's not start calling him a boss. Or, 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 or start, or start because, thinking that yeah. like, yeah, we've seen everything that he has because right, exactly, yeah, right. I, you know, I, I, he, you know, he's, he's young. So, um, yeah, th- this is, is going to be his fifth year. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I think he's limited, but I think he's got some, you know, interesting. I mean, I, I think now having like such a high upgrade in, in coaching, I, um, or potential upgrade in coaching to, yeah. to Quinn Snyder, who looks like he really is somebody who's got a good, you know, um, you know, who knows how it'll work out because there's more to just, you know, there's more to there are a lot of elements to coaching, and maybe Quinn Snyder won't work out, but um, I, I do think there's a chance that he has, you know, that, that he breaks out a little bit and, and starts like, oh, you know, he's going to be a, a, an interesting guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I, you definitely have to do your, you definitely have to talk about, oh, right, yeah. Jonas, you know, <laughs> by my Jonas Valanciunas. So I did a similar thing when I was doing with uh, Derek Favors, as I said, oh, well, you know, let me see guys who have similar numbers through their careers or whatever. So I did career numbers, you know, points per game, rebound, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and the most comparable guy to, <laughs> to Jonas was uh, Jeff Ruland in 1981, 1982. Yeah, so, two-time All-Star. Yeah, I mean, those numbers where I said Favors and Malone were, were similar. I swear to God, the Jonas one and, and Jeff Ruland were like identical. Yeah. Like to it, like no, and then maybe not like fully, literally identical, but but very very close. So there you go, uh, Raptors fans. Uh, apparently, Jeff Ruin's nick <laughs> Jeff Ruin's nickname was McNasty. Really? Apparently, oh, I see it right now. Yeah, Jeffrey Allen Ruin, McNasty. Yeah. So huh. that's fun. All right. Uh, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to explore that. In the, hey, in the whoa! Jeff Ruin what a podcast. weird career. I never even looked at his whole career. Yeah, he he retired for four years, then came back and played. 24 games. 24 games. Yeah, in two seasons. Yeah. So. What? McNasty, you can't just get a little leave for four years and come back. Yeah. How did it, how, how does that How happen? was he an all-star only playing 37 games? I, I guess I, it must have obviously been early in the season. But anyway, so. Uh, that's that's a bad all-star. Yeah. That's not, you know. I mean, I, yeah, I guess he had a pretty good. What did he retire? Let's, let's see. He had here. a good, pretty good PR and everything, but. 
Yeah. Oh, he had, he had bad feet like Bill Walton. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's so that's interesting. Jeff Ruland. So there you go. That's your only podcast. I guarantee that you will listen to this week. That uh, <laughs> the only preview podcast that will uh, link Jonas Valanciunas to Jeff Ruland. Yeah. AKA Mick. So there you go. So um, anything else about this season, that, anything that's going to be weird, anything that um, you're just interested in seeing uh, that might be going on uh, in 2014, 2015 season? Yeah, I just think there's just a lot of weird, interesting. I mean, we have our favorites, we think, you know, it'd be like a Cleveland and San Antonio. But I, I as I mentioned, I think it's just such a weird year between there, there's, you know, as you said, 11 or possibly 12 teams that could make the playoffs in each league. And I'm, I'm just super interested to see how that 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 bottom goes and how the bottom looks and, yeah. and, and sort of. I think this is going to be another one of those years where we're going to be down. To the, and last year wasn't, you know, last year was kind of there too. We had the Suns or something, but I really see this one as a year where it's going to be those, that last week is going to be like five teams are in it. And it was a situation like last, you know, the Suns last year where they were, they missed the playoffs by one game, but have they won, you know, they were three games out of like the sixth seed or the fifth seed or something sure. because thing like that, where I think you're going to get that again, because it's just such a, there's powerful teams on top, but there's so many decent, talented teams, which is, it's funny because everybody complains about where, you know, we're talking about lottery, you know, you know, changing up the lottery and, and doing this and the parody in the NBA and all that stuff. And I think, you know, yeah, maybe not every team has a chance of winning the title every year. And there's probably only a few teams that have a chance of winning the title this year. But if we're talking parody on a pure playoff level, I mean, it's, this is a year for the NBA. I mean, your team, Chances are, unless you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan or, you know, a few of the other teams, your team's going to be a contender for the playoffs. And that's that's fun. That's really fun. Yeah, um, I I think it'll uh, hopefully it's a fun season. Last year was fun, but I do feel like it, it, it was pretty clear other than with Phoenix it was pretty clear for the most part who was going to make the playoffs pretty early mm-hmm. in the season. It got a little you, a couple of the East teams really improved that kind of turned around a little bit. But like, I think this. Um, I think this year, yeah, I think there's going to be more teams in more interesting conversations as far as like, oh, okay, can they break through to quite to that title contender level? Like, oh, can they break through and get into that playoff? Level? Like, I feel like there's going to be more teams to kind of in those clubs. So that, that that's fun. I, you know, um, I'll, and LeBron James and Kevin Love are on the same team. That, that's with Kyrie that's Irving, which be, is yeah, pretty fun. Right. <laughs> that's going to be yeah, that's going to be really fun. I, I, you know, Miami will be an interesting experiment to kind of see you know um how they handle things uh the lakers are going to be a great train wreck um you know we'll we'll definitely have some you know it 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 should be hey it's basketball you know it it can't be even if it's not like the greatest year it can't be that bad yeah basketball's still pretty awesome so (laughs) that's why we talk about it for two hours indeed so um so I uh, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. Uh, of course, you can find us at thepodiumgame.com. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes on the Hardwood Paroxysm Network podcast feed. Uh, we would definitely appreciate it if you checked us out uh, there or, well, on thepodiumgame.com as well. But if you do find us on iTunes, we would love it if you left us a rating or review. You're actually rating the um, – the, the, the whole entire feed, which has other great podcasts, the podium game, uh, Quo Vadimus, um, 
Rise and Scribe, uh, R Squared as well. So um, that was off the top of my head. I didn't even have to look at that. That was one. good. Nice. Thank you. Uh, good, so good corporate man. <laughs> some some great podcasts that uh, are, are are worth checking out, and you kind of have a, a range of ideas and uh, approaches to uh, basketball and uh, some different voices. So would appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Over and Back NBA. Also on uh, Facebook at the at the same address. Uh, we have a Tumblr over and back nba.tumblr.com. Uh, Rich, anything else you can think of that we should tell people? That is it for me. I think we have uh, exhausted the, the season preview. I think uh, I was worried, but I think this was it was one of my favorite shows to do. It was a lot of fun. Dude. Oh, well, I, I appreciate I don't know how we backed into it. We backed into it. It was, it was one that I think – it was. Oh, I think it was like four or five days ago. We we're like, I don't think this is gonna. This, <laughs> we're not gonna do it. This is gonna scrap the show. It's over. But it turned out to be pretty awesome. All right. So. Well, uh, I enjoyed it as well. Of course, always a pleasure, Rich, to uh, discuss basketball yes, with you. And I, I know we've got. We're not gonna. We're not gonna spoil it here. But I know we've got a, a pretty exciting uh, next show plan. We're gonna go. We're gonna deep dive way back into the uh, the, the past. None of this. None of this 2014, 2015 yeah, stuff. No, it's going to be, it's gonna be all the past. And uh, back when they played defense, we're going to talk about when they played defense and passed the ball. They, they did. They they they, they passed. I'm like the ball. now, they don't do that. Don't pass <laughs> no, nobody passes Never. the ball. LeBron James just holds it for. He does. He, 20 he minutes and then spins it on his finger and you right, know sure. yeah. So that doesn't play any defense. That LeBron. Yeah. I shake my fist at that. No defense. No passing bum. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, everybody, uh, thanks so much for listening and, uh, goodbye, Steve Nash. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.